And we're here with the Dissect Podcast. We're going to Quentin Tarantino this bitch because <laughs> we fucked up the intro. Uh, we are joined here today with Nate Pack, Keegan Dillon, Mark Dwight, and myself. Actually, when... <laughs> wait, Keegan wasn't here when we started. He came in later. So. Exactly. Oh, Quentin right. Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unexplainable weird shit happens in this movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oddly enough, we're going to start with this by talking about food, and we also... Probably going to have to finish with <laughs> talking about food because food is pretty essential and I think we all need to go get some right now. But first, listen to the podcast with uh, with Nate and, um, you know, whatever questions you have that have been raised by this strange introduction uh, will <laughs> possibly be answered. If they're not answered during the, uh, the conversation itself, it will I, be in the show notes. I urge you to check the show notes. All right, here we go. So you just said uh, jujitsu isn't a need, like, like you feel other physical efforts are a need. Um, you I don't, don't do anything for fun. I do it because it is only in pursuit of a goal. Yeah, and you don't know. Like Maybe. all I would say that is that there is a underlining um, ignorance, not in an insulting way, but there's an ignorance of. Uh, of need there until you feel somebody grab you and make you feel like you're drowning and there's nothing you can do. You don't need that. You, you don't know that you need it until somebody puts you in a position that shows you that you definitely need to know this thing. All right. <laughs> that, that's the best way I can put it. It's like, I just, I've been manhandled and been like so humiliated by people smaller than me because of a skill set. And I go, Oh yeah, I need, I, I need that skill set. Or at least not, I, I mean, not that I need to impose that on somebody else. I just don't want to feel that helpless myself. So that's the need. I need to not feel helpless. So if somebody puts their hands on me, I need to feel competent. You hang around a different circle of friends than I do. Sure. No one's, be, <laughs> no one's beating me up. No. I, I just run. I, <laughs> and that's the best. For sure. Like, I mean, that's my first reaction. I mean, not now that I fucked my ankle up in jujitsu. So now I have to use jujitsu because I can't run. But <laughs> I, yeah, whatever fucking weird paradox that is or but, self-fulfilling prophecy. But, but maybe that bigger point of <clears throat> a need to do something. I get mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Even if not at a physical level where you're, yeah, none of us needs to ride a bike. No. But I need to ride a bike because I, that's my quote antidepressant. That is my yes. time to vent. So I do need it. And I must enjoy it because I'm not that big of a masochist. At least some piece of it I really enjoy doing. I don't, yeah, the, the masochism thing isn't, uh, it only seems like masochism to the laziest and fucking worthless of people. Like, oh, but it's so uncomfortable. And you're like, kind of, but it's not that. It's not like fucking cancer. Yeah, like it's, it's not it's voluntary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I, I'm signing up for this, and yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. But again, like we kind of mentioned in the other room, there's there's nothing that gets built out of comfort. Yeah, like, and I like the couches. <laughs> that's 
for comfort. Oh, for comfort, not buy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. But I, like, you want to build a big. <laughs> you want to build a big building or you want to build a structure that's impressive you have to dig deep and that is painful no matter what tools you use like you move the earth to terraform is painful like to build anything to build a chair that's comfortable takes discomfort i know because i'm building something upstairs right now for for the gym space and it's just like i fucking cut my knuckles 12 times when i you know run the drill through and smack multiple trips to lowe's or home depot because i had to go to costco yesterday and that is fucking painful so when people are like (laughs) and not always voluntary no and people are like oh how can you you know you train so hard that you you must you put up with so much pain and you're like no going to costco is painful it is literally the most painful thing i've ever done so i don't think of myself (laughs) as entirely road rageous sure but i'm afraid but i'm a courteous person Uh and it fucking bothers me when some oblivious person doing whatever cuts me off be, be it costco or on the highway it just happens to happen at costco more often than not you've not been to walmart i, I don't advocate going there no by the way it's totally parenthetic my <laughs> wife and i have a secret code when we go to walmart oh which is do you guys do these people sell bb guns because bb is an acronym for basura blanca which means white trash. And we know that they sell BB guns because there are BBs everywhere. So that's Stumpy. what a BB gun is? It's a, to me. It's, it's a gun to shoot white trash kids. No, no, with. it's just the acronym okay. of I'm surrounded by white trash and it's annoying me. Okay. So I'm going down the aisle and someone in their jazzy is parked right in the middle and they look over at me seeing that I'm trying to pass yeah. and they do nothing to move. And I'll turn to my wife and I'm like, do they see, sell BB guns here? And she'll say, yeah, they're everywhere. (laughs) And it pisses me off and it's painful. Yeah. Like Costco. Costco. So I tried going there the other day because Aaron needed a Vitamix and they're having a sale on Vitamix this holiday season. And it was worth the discount, like $100 off. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, I, it wasn't. So the real, or we wouldn't be talking about it right now. The real gift to her was for me to go to Costco. Like I, you I, suffered for me, honey. When I look at it back, when I look at it now, I would pay a hundred dollars extra just not to go there again. For sure, it is not worth a hundred dollars to go to Costco to me. Um, but we did need this other thing. I needed these Z folded fucking paper towels for our dispensers here. Oh right, yeah. only sell those there. So there's two things. And then, so I, the that first, did we ever find a key to the yeah, paper towel it. thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I, the first trip, I go and I'm like, wow, it's really crowded on like a Wednesday. What the, f- like, what do people do here? I mean, it's middle of the day, like 2 p.m., and it is overflowing with people. There's no parking spots. I'm like, oh, I can handle this. I'm a nimble driver and I'm courteous and, you know, I'm not in a hurry. Um, All things which <laughs> deny you a parking spot in front of Costco. So you got to be an asshole. For sure. To park. So I was waiting. I had my turn Lightning. signal on in everything for about 30 seconds for this person to load the multiple boxes of like, I don't know, 30 gallons of mayonnaise, whatever the fuck they bought into their minivan. And then, you know, they go to pull out and they pull out and somebody pulled right in. And I was like, oh, shit. Like. You know, so that that is far more painful. Fool me once, <laughs> shame on me. I, yeah. Whatever the fucking shame on you. No, both of them are shame on me for sure. Oh, okay, um, because I was I was in Costco. So the idea. So I sat there, and so I went to go find another parking space, and then somebody like came blowing through the parking lot at like forty miles an hour, and I was like, all right, you know what? Like that, just seeing that. 
I, I had to get the fuck out of there. Like I was going to lose my mind. So I left. I bailed. Like I, I quit. <laughs> you DNF the Costco run. DNF the Costco run. I fucking retreated. I was like, I can't put up with these people. Sundays at 10 a.m. Everyone's at church. Really? I always thought Sundays would be the worst day. They get bad, but Sundays at 10 a.m. Okay. Um, maybe in future, um, if I have some kind of amnesia where I'm like, what's Costco like? I'll remember that time, hopefully. And then I'll do that because as of now, it's like a never again kind of deal. So then I went yesterday because I was like, okay, I'll pick a different time. And it's a, you know, Friday, whatever. People are busy making plans. Maybe it'll be good. No, same. Like absolutely crowded beyond belief. So I pull in, but I find a spot and we, we get in and I'm like, you know, fucking it's like a grab all. Like people are just fucking piling shit into their car. They're not even looking at what they're getting. They're, it it's absurd consumerism. Like I'm reading the back of the Vitamix to make sure it's the model that I want. And while I was standing there for you're 30, not accidentally buying the mini. Yeah, yeah. Or or <laughs> you know, I want to make sure the color isn't fucking pink or something. And this while I'm standing there, five of them. We're taken like around, like people were getting fucking angry because I was standing in front of the thing that I wanted to buy and they were just grabbing and throwing in their cart. Like they are, they're apparently way more, uh, they are more informed than I was because they knew exactly what they wanted. No, they just saw the sale and they, they don't need it at all. They just uh, saw the sale. <laughs> oh, I better have five of these. So then I like looked down and I was like, oh, cool. The Sonos skin. I was looking at the Sonos speakers because they were a little bit cheaper or whatever the fuck. And then I I nearly lost my mind. I was just like, I can't. I was looking around and, and this, is, this is very rude and it's very shaming to some people. But Costco has the most disgusting people on the fucking planet. And I, like outside of Walmart. It could, yeah, because the people of Walmart are pretty bad. And this comes back to my theory. I used to, this was a joke. Asterix, it's not a fucking joke anymore. I feel terrible whenever a natural disaster happens. But I feel like if a natural disaster happened on Costco or Walmart, I would not feel bad at all. I feel like. Just like selective meteor strikes? Yeah, yeah. Like it would just be like wiping the earth of the worst kind of fucking human being. Like. But I'm going to get shit for that. That's a very evil thing All to right, say. Folks, uh, that's the uh, last phrase uttered on the last episode of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, Mark, do you remember right before the <laughs> something, you know, related to bureaucrats or, other, yeah. you do, know. Do you remember when you said, you've said it many times, bring <laughs> on the killer cockroaches? Yeah. Or locusts. Yeah, yeah, swarm locusts, locusts or, whatever. or whatever. Yeah. And I've, I've said mm. that crediting you. And to whoever I'm saying it, they don't have any idea what that means. But I'm just like, just wipe people out. Make us have to run to the top of the hill and get our food. And then a deadly blizzard comes in every day. So you have to run it every day. Just I'm, wipe off. I'm more I don't simple like than people. that. Uh, like I'm, I think. <laughs> you just uh, are indiscriminate <laughs> carnage. <laughs> no, I think, I think as in, in um, uh, I mean, what would the, what would the uh, appropriate verbiage be for, um, forming like changing, uh, I guess metamorphosis of the human being in our culture today. I think is something as simple as taking away dishwashers or requiring people fetch their water. You would remove ninety percent of the internet's like diatribe. Like you, there goes YouTube comments. There goes all the like you know Black Friday sales. There goes because people would be like, oh shit, how am I going to get my water if I, if I have to walk? You know maybe even a quarter mile that would change everything. 
or I can't, you know, dishwasher, whatever the thing is. So, so before we take a, before we make people march for water, yeah, we need to buy stock or maybe develop some kind of new deodorant. Cause the, uh, <laughs> cause the laziness, the, because the, because the frequency of shower taking would decline radically. <laughs> you want to hear something really, to me, it's interesting about water. I lived in South America for a while and I would canoe across this part of a river to this Island where I was doing some service <clears throat> and the water was nasty. You'd see cow carcasses floating down it and all, all sorts of nastiness one day they said, hey, do you want a glass of water? No, 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 I, I, don't, I don't drink that water. It's straight from the river. And they said, no, this water has been filtered. I'm like, cool. Go ahead and uh, hand me that glass. And I drank it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we just put several more mosquito nets. <laughs> that was the filter. <laughs> so, we got rid of the debris. <laughs> so, so great. There are no more leaves and cow carcasses. Thank you. <laughs> but it was too late. So I said, can I have another? <laughs> nice. Nice. Because if you're going to get on the <clears throat> Ganges River Water Weight Loss Program, you may as well go all in. <laughs> Tangential to that, I never got sick because the squalor I lived in growing up was fairly comparable. And so I just, I was like immune to the, the dysentery, evidently. <laughs> Wow. It was so, great. I never had a problem. So this actually would be a fine opportunity. We'll we'll have to record an intro for this one because we just launched. But um, Nate, welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Happy to be here. Start off on a t- No, totally we're going to have to record tangent. an intro. So, yeah. so if you've listened to this far into the podcast, you will already have heard the intro. So you'll know that our guest today is uh, Nate Pack. And um, I... I cannot describe Nate in 10 words or less. I can. <clears throat> Two. I mean, I don't think there's a requirement. Oh, well, uh, you know, a challenge two, accepted. Okay. <laughs> two, wor- two words. Let's well, have it. Well, Airdyne King. Undisputed <laughs> King okay. of the Airdyne. Appropriate. So we may as well. I'm yeah. just going to read these because I, well, I wrote them. Uh, yeah, yeah. You wrote down all the numbers for the because there's some there's some there's been some banter over the internet about who's good at the Airdyne fan bike kind of deal and there's some people who are what would the term be uh, a little bit pretty proud of their efforts yeah and usually it has to do with the sixty second effort which is the most unimpressive one to me. Out of all the efforts that you could do on the airdyne, the sixty second is noteworthy because of the amount of pain that one can G- generate in that amount of time. Yeah. And and uh, honestly, I could I would yes, the others have a duration component to them and maybe a bit higher. But the absolute the, the first time that I actually saw someone go truly all out mm-hmm. for a minute was Nate, and oh. It was in part because I had no idea how to pace. There was no game. There, yeah, there was no game. There's there, this was like, you know, sort of the this is the dark ages of <laughs> fan bike competition or or like these challenges and 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 I think it was a an execrable sixty three calories. It, it was not a Something. big number compared to other compared to what has yeah, you know what numbers you know um, you and others had later achieved, but. The aftermath, like I felt awful, kind of 
keeping the video camera on <laughs> in the aftermath like the first the minute was totally it's like fun. well no the first 30 seconds were amazing it sounded like the airline was gonna take flight actually lift off of the ground and probably you, you feel know, you, you feel like some a directional sort of device to blow you know to cause lift <laughs> instead of sideways something or other like it actually would have flown and then the last then there was like a 15 seconds in there between 30 and 45 where it was obvious something bad was going to happen that was starting to happen. And then the last 15 seconds, that happened. And then for the next two minutes, the the, the fallout was... I mean, I could look back on it now and goes, it was glorious. Yeah. But it was actually... Did we just kill somebody? <laughs> yeah, I, like I hope, I hope this doesn't go bad. Do you, Do you think you felt like maybe a National uh, Geographic documentarian, like who's just filming this lovely creature, and then something jumps out of the bush and just starts like, like mangling some, it, and he's like, I can't do anything. I just have to keep recording. Because... I just have to film the food chain happening right <laughs> so, here. Except in this analogy, the Airdyne was the beast, and. And it you jumped were the you. regal creature. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> kidding me. It, it you, you rode it all the way until it started riding so you. <laughs> what, I can't say I remember very much during that minute, but the one thing that was memorable to me about that is a, a good or bad misunderstanding of the term all out. Yes. Some people say it's one minute, therefore there is some amount of pacing. Yes. And you choose an effort that you can tolerate for a minute. No, you and, an effort effort you can tolerate for fifty five seconds, and then you give it the JV kick, so, so, <laughs> so, so you, you know, so you can finish proud. So my so my JV kick was, oh, what's the highest I've ever reached for one second? Let me hit that, because in terms of power output, yes, yeah, and in so doing, it means you are draining every possible system in route, disallowing yeah. pacing, yeah, so that at eight seconds you're still at one hundred percent max, and at nine. At not going back in time. <laughs> As you go forward, you have exhausted every other thing. You've wrung it out. Yeah. And so other people sort of by choice or unawareness of what all out means, pace it. Um, and if you want in, a higher score, you can do that. You will not have the same glorious experience. In, yeah. in the interest of self-preservation, many people hold back is what you're saying. <laughs> They're smarter than me in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do recall staggering, and I thought, I'm going to get hurt because there's, like, metal around here. I need to get down on the ground, <laughs> which then you did. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to end up there anyway, so I might as well do it and arrive on the ground in a controlled manner. And, and, and I'm – hopefully you know this. If not, I, I'm really not prone to sort of this histrionics, theatrics. Post-exercise theatrics? No, there – <laughs> It doesn't mean it doesn't occur, but it's not an act. It means I'm yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which probably before I started, that could be said too, but that's a different kind <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's various, maybe that should just be the podcast, the various degrees of fucked up. But, but, but one um, minute is not my strength, even if I paste it. Sure. Because I can't generate force quickly. Or that's not a skill I've, I work on to develop. Yeah, because it's not useful in, in, in for, my goals. To, to, yeah, to the, achieve the athletic objectives. And actually, I think Brian Harder said something about that. He watched the one minute all out on the mm -hmm. airdyne. He goes, he goes, that's completely not transferable to any sort of meaningful <laughs> effort. And I was just like, Brian, you know your way around the bike. Um, I want to like dig into this fellow's um, 
results. It, it, it and, transferred and, somewhere. It t- transferred somewhere <laughs> into a bit like it. Anyway, but we had a discussion and then uh, uh, about that, and then and then I think th- that actually developed into a, a more interesting discussion mm-hmm. about training and developing certain fitness characteristics and particular tests. You mean and things. willingness is transferable? Apparently, so. <laughs> yeah. I, so the the one minute thing is one of them, right? Like that. That, that's yeah, one that's, of the efforts, but, but, and but, I, I but believe. But 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 and, and but that was like the, the the first one, and this is okay. Like I said, it's back in the dark ages. I'm just going to th- throw out probably 2008 mm. is when that happened, or it could have been early 2009. Yeah. But it was yeah, there it was you know we were in the new space for sure. Um, uh, the uh, and and so this was on an AD4, right, Michael? Yes, what that AD4 the, the, could, yeah. um, so. That's a specific computer in the way that it uh, awards effort. <laughs> though say, I, though in terms I don't, of calories. The number like, would have been different on a different machine, but the effort would not have been. Because I don't care if you put me on an assault bike or any other bike. Yeah. I will go all out. <laughs> I'm yeah. afraid of it. I might actually pace slightly. Yeah. No, no, I don't want that experience. I want to collapse as I go. But but in any case, so I want to make sure that like if we start talking <laughs> Just, about numbers right now, mm-hmm. that they that that you know the eighty four is not you know comparable to the and, assault bike, and it, for that's example. mostly for very or specific 80, reasons though. Like so, it's not comparable because most of the calorie algorithms are based off of RPM, right? So the fan, the, the only thing that's reading it is cadence, and because of the fan and gear ratio on the eighty four, you get a slightly higher RPM by about 30%. So it is in effort a little bit more conducive to a cyclist than the assault bike, which is a little bit slower, like RPM wise, like your, your average time trialing pace for a guys, our size will be a ridiculous, like 70 RPM, which is, which it's, heavy, too, it's too low. It's a, yeah, that's that's a big a he- gear. Your knees will fucking hurt. Like yeah. it affects you in a different way. Um, the, the airdyne, you get maybe 10 more RPM out of it. So it feels a little bit, it alleviates and allows you to flush a little bit easier if you're that style. Interesting. Yeah. The, the power band at the efforts I'm looking at happen to reach a cadence of about 90 to 92 RPM. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Yeah. But on the AD4, it's 618 Watts, which is not glorious because it's horrible. So, (laughs) so we'll just go through these because, you know, in, in order of sort of time-wise. Well, these have been um, posted before you say, okay. th- these have been posted officially, thank you to me, on the Men's Health Facebook page because they were disputing who the Airdyne champ was and they were talking about one-minute efforts and everybody was going back and forth about, you know, this guy from Brute, this like CrossFit athlete, he had some insane number for his one-minute thing and then, uh, you know person that'll go unmentioned he had another pretty good one minute and they were talking about who the airdyne champion was and i just posted your numbers in the comments section and i don't believe there was any comments after that i said we know who the airdyne champion is i I will i will say well we can read the numbers because i saw a tag team of two and then three people go after the same number Uh it's not easy even with three with they must have lost a lot of time in the transitions yeah. With it was not easy for two. No. With yeah. three, they could do it. But with two okay. people, four hundred calories in ten minutes is is not particularly easy. 
It's so, very hard. It's 600. I mean, with transitions, you have to average 615 wattage, right? Or something close yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah, close to that. And how long were the were the individual efforts? Were they going 30, like a minute I, it, per? It, it was on YouTube, so okay. I, don't, I don't recall if it was... Yeah. But still, they didn't unseat you um, because your 10-minute sort of high point was 412 calories, which is an average of 586 watts for 10 minutes. That's so fucking ridiculous. I think I, I think I could do much better if I focused on it. <laughs> but it was just like casual. Were you, okay, but I, were I, you wearing jeans is my only so, question. Because so I posted photographs of every one of these, and I sat in the garage yeah. with like one of those... Mr. Heater, three heat things in yeah. front of me because it was winter and I had a hoodie on. I was not wearing jeans. My okay. legs can't actually fit in jeans. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 was, I understand. For, for the record. So well, let's just go up to the 20-minute uh, test, mm. which netted 705 calories for an average of 503 watts. Good times. <laughs> 30 minutes. That's By the way, that's 350 FY back to yeah. back twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus a bit. Yeah. yeah, for you know, for yeah. cherry on top. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, for the thirty-minute effort, um, the machine awarded you one thousand and two calories. That one is fucking mind blowing. At an average of four hundred, <clears throat> so yeah. four hundred and eighty watts average for thirty minutes. Mm. And then the final sort of thing, I don't, I don't see any reason to go past sixty minutes. Um, but for that, you did 1,935 calories for an average of 450 watts, which blow, that's the thing yeah. that blows me away is that, that if you could hold you held 300 FY for an hour. Yeah. Like 326 FY, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed because I think you can do 2000 calories in an hour, Oof. but, but the will is hard. You'd need competition. Yeah. 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 Someone would have to come close to you. Because no one wants to do that. No, that's miserable. <laughs> it's undesirable. It, it is. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, potentially the reason that you're the king of the 60-minute airdyne test is that there are no suitors <laughs> for that title. No one is they claiming like, this land over here. They're just like, <laughs> fucking take it, man. It's burnt fucking it's, ash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you walked over it with a flamethrower, yeah. and uh, it's yours now. Um, <laughs> So it so there's an interesting thing. I mean, if like I, I would say that if you're if you're personally, you know, you're um, and I got no dog in this fight because the only time I ever tried to do it, I was wearing flip flops and jeans. Um, <laughs> but at least I surpassed the female standard for ten minutes so get- um, on the airdyne in that condition. However, um, I, I think what you would you would say that you know, okay, Nate, reigning king. Mm-hmm. But if you're measuring one minute efforts, you're talking about a prince, maybe a squire, even. <laughs> You know, someone who helps a knight. A court you know. jester. I was going to say. It's a, a court, bit of a joke. Actually. <laughs> I was going to say. Let's go with yeah. that. Court jester. Because <laughs> at least one of those individuals has provided us with plenty of humor. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say he's pretty good at clowning uh, around. So I, my only thing is I, I am curious as to how you would respond to efforts on the, the actual assault bike. Um, because it's not my favorite. Like the gearing is terrible and every, like all you would have to change. I was thinking about how to change this is like maybe remove a fan blade, like something like that to change the resistance. So you can get a little bit higher RPM, but then it would be, um, it would just mess with the algorithm, but Mm -hmm. I'm not looking to like make myself get more calories. I'm making it to 
go into a system that I can actually use because it's much like it's the wrong gear for you and me. Totally the wrong yeah. gear. Like my average time trialing <clears throat> RPM is 92 for like all the time trials that I've ever done is 92 RPM. So that includes all the ones with slight grades, all the ones with down, like, you know, uh, mostly out at, uh, out at Saltaire. That's my, that's my average. That's what, that's where I feel really good. And if I, if like, I just did a little effort on that little C2 erg. And when I look down and I'm like, you know, I'm doing, uh, I was doing a 45 minute effort. When I look down, I'm at 91 or 92 just naturally. Like that's so where you're I can self-selecting flush. that or that's yeah. like a natural so, thing. So yeah. I, what my response would be, it, first of all, I can adapt. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying because I'm special. I'm saying my characteristic strength mm-hmm. is the capability of muscular tolerance. Mm-hmm. My highest wattages on a real bike are up a hill, usually 60 to 70 RPM. Yeah. Therefore, okay. I know I can adapt. I could oh, train it. That's interesting. Um, the reach is a little further, I, as I recall, on your fore and aft movement of you your can arms. Adju- you can adjust it, though. Okay, if I could adjust it, I could Because you can get it. forward seat, so you can actually get more quad dependent, and you can pitch that seat forward. So it, it's tricky, all sort of biomechanics. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite six feet tall, but I have a 36-inch inseam. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm all legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I slide the seat forward, it's too vastus dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you need more hamstring. I need hamstring mm-hmm. and big, the big quads. I have to slide my seat back. Yeah. Which, by the way, is perfect for climbing, not great for a narrow position, which is why I'm a mediocre time trialist. Uh, okay, I see. Again, yeah. you can train it. Yeah, I so haven't it, chosen to. So this is where this is where it's actually pretty interesting. So I, when I saw the 400 numbers go up, like the first one, I think Rob was 402, right? His first attempt, 402. Um, to be totally honest, and uh, people aren't here to defend themselves, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely convinced I am convinced that that may not have been done in a clean show. I can't prove that. And if I'm wrong, that's, that's okay because I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I've seen a number of people go after that effort. And once they learned of that possibility of cheating the system, which you had have commented on and you can play it. Cause that's how I found it. I believe that was done. So uh, because was, I've seen too many efforts at 370 watts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, 370 calories. Yeah, that that jump is quite a That's big jump. Totally a huge jump. And without a lot of very clear observers that know what they're looking for. Bingo. And and this is so th- I'm uh, and I'm like I, I'm I'm a normal person. Like I I had to work really hard uh, to get 300 fy to start with. Like. To show you where I came from. And we have a guest. We have a cameo from Keegan. He's going to pull up a chair. Right, yeah, so he just flew into town. So I told him to come in and jump in because we're talking about fan bikes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he, yeah. He's a stationary he, cyclist as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the ST on your shirt means? <laughs> stationary? <laughs> Keegan? Oh, Keegan doesn't have a microphone yet. So. Stationary uh-huh. tricyclists. Mm-hmm. Or, of some sort. Yeah, we can set that up and we'll give yeah. you a second to get going. Yeah. So I found it by, you know, I was fucking around doing intervals Actually, on the AD4. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be the easiest. So I was doing intervals and, you know, I was recovering from my elbow surgery. So I couldn't put very much pressure on it. But I I, I was doing, you know, a minute at 550-ish uh, wattage. So I was getting around 
38 to 40 calories depending on when I started. And then I, I, instead of restarting every time, I would stop the fan blade because then the timer would stop and I would look at the clock mm. for my 30 seconds rest. Then I would go again. And when I looked down, I was like, oh, wait, the, the clock stopped. And then I was like, oh, you can fucking cheat. And then I was like joking, like, oh, I'm going to like play a trick on somebody. <laughs> and that's how it really devised. But then in playing the trick, I was like, you know what? I'm really fucking close. Like, I think I get like me trying to cheat to try to fuck with somebody mm -hmm. gave me actually some kind of confidence that like I might be able to get I might be able to do it legitimately. And this is what you're talking about is like mm -hmm. you've seen a lot of the 360s, 370s. So I went for it for real and I got 385 mm -hmm. and I was so far off from getting like I can tell you that that 15 calories is a fucking bridge that I'm not willing to get. Like, there's no way I could have done it. I don't think any amount of training would do it either because mm. I was fairly fit to do so, it. You know what I did? Mm. I, I think I may have sent this data to Mark also, is I gathered the results, cadence, power output from nearly every person I could find from 200 watts all the way up to the top efforts. At one minute, two minute, five minute, 10 yep. minute, 20 minute, 60, oh. blah, blah, blah. And I plotted these all out and parameterized them and I was looking for outliers. And I started playing with your proposed cheating method yeah. to see if I could detect cheaters. Ooh. Because you won't fall perfectly on the line. Exactly. Except yep. for a rollover in cadence. Okay. You get, there's a little bit of variation. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw suspicious numbers, ah. they're a bit outlier-ish. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree because as you're mapping I this I was thing trying out. to detect it because I didn't believe, and this was also how I figured out where the low hanging fruit was mm -hmm. fruit for other, you know, a 2K row or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hang on one second because I have to actually stop recording in order to arm oh, yeah. uh, Keegan's microphone. Oh. And now we're back um, with Keegan trying to adjust a microphone. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Don't mind me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I agree with you on, on that because when I looked at, I think if you can do 400 FY, you should be able to do 1800 FY in an hour. Like those make sense to me when you graph it out and then everything in between makes sense. Like all that, your power graph makes total sense to me, mm -hmm. but you can see anomalies like, and, and it might be a percentage or a threshold that's something in between. It's almost like, um, some of them are energy system dependent. Like when you're testing people's running and you're running 400s and 800s in a mile, you will see discrepancies if that person is a specialist. But if they're a good distance runner, you'll see a smooth curve about 15%, no more than 15% discrepancy between mm -hmm. doubling the distance. So, so this maybe this is a, a wee bit of tooting my own horn. This is my specialty is parameterization of power endurance capacity. <laughs> This is exactly what I look for. And uh, folks, that's a new URL. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to buy it. It's probably taken. <laughs> Lots of people have been yeah. after this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look for how to, to quantify okay. capacity and what are the driving sort of mechanisms underlying the fitness. Mm -hmm. And you can do this fancy, stupid tool I'll say some big words, but it's not to make me sound smart. Mm. I am smart. <laughs> <laughs> no. Holding a PhD in uh, something. Something. <laughs> what is it? Is it? What is your PhD in? In bioengineering. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I aerodyning. I sort of. <laughs> he, he also holds that. that yeah. <laughs> it's you can you can run this sort of frequency analysis using a Fourier transform to identify the key wattages that most appropriately drive 
intensities at given durations for any athlete. Mm. This, uh, this is why I started a company to evaluate people's power endurance talents. We can plug that now. Is that brute force cycling? It's gone. I killed oh. it oh. because I couldn't stand babysitting people. Well, do you know what? <laughs> That's right up our alley. Like, I mean, to, ta- to, to actually so promote familiar. a business that doesn't exist anymore is like us promoting a t-shirt that doesn't fucking, that we sure. are out of stock. You, I encourage yeah, exactly. people to go there. There's nothing there because, well, we're, we're really sort of going on wildly divergent paths. No, that's okay. But the idea to reach these limits that I could find quantitatively, mm-hmm. they're achievable by humans. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I see what the very, very best did and the 10 below them and the 10 below them and 10 below them. And I'm asking 70%. And I've seen your data at five seconds and 20 seconds and 20 minutes. I know what you can do pretty close. So when you give in, you're just giving in. And I could not tolerate. It was so hard to stomach working with aspiring athletes. Who would so willingly quit? Quit. I Come on, call, man. You I'm said calling, you wanted this. I'm calling the kettle black here. I've, I, I'm there. I've been sure. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm imperfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I could not drag other people along. I say it like this. I, I'll be the first to admit when I quit. Um, but I'm not in a big hurry to hang out with quitters that quit sooner than me because that makes me quit sooner. Like all I'm trying to do is quit later. So I hang out with people that quit later. That That's my whole, and this is why I can't do the fucking nutrition consulting thing anymore for myself. Like, because I, when I look at the numbers, I'm just like, no, you're a fucking liar. Like, 13 cranberries in your salad bullshit you ate fucking a pile of eminent we know we know what food looks like inside of a person times years and days and meals like that looks different excess calories looks different and you can't you're like oh it's a hormonal problem yeah the hormonal problem is you're being a bitch and lying about what you're fucking putting in your face and i can't is there a hormone for that for for lying so i had i had like recently a client be like oh man i'm you know i lost 16 pounds up front um and then it just like stalemate and i'm like okay that is the, normal right the, the last stubborn 40 pounds <laughs> it's that brown adipose tissue yeah, it's really just, really hard to get off the it's, it's you know you just have to go deep for that and not everybody has the time no no it. yeah nasal yeah. breathing probably for sure alternating yeah, yeah for sure well you have to nasal breathe if you're doing it properly you have to throw up all that 40 pounds but yeah. the, so the he, so I, I, you know, plateau, great. Like we see those, those are normal. Like it is not a smooth transition to lose weight because your body adapts and then it, you know, homeostasis kicks in. It gets, it gets a set point and then you can drop again. And these are normal, but this was not a normal one. Like because of the amount of fat that needed to come off, it's just like, oh no, you just like, you're not, li- you are lying. <laughs> yeah. You just, and I don't want to, I want to put it in a delicate way, but I can't because I'm, as you described a cynic and I just. Oh, you're a fucking liar. You mean, I was like, Oh no, I I think it's a hormonal problem. And so I quite literally pulled up a picture on my phone of pictures from Auschwitz and the Holocaust. And I was like, can you point the hormone problem to the people here? And he thought that was kind of rude. Um, this is what but, I use this. Well, times over. I use it a lot. It's a little bit dramatic. Sure. And I don't want to be disrespectful to those people, but that's the exact point is like no one in the Holocaust was like, oh man, I'm really glad I have this hormonal problem so I can keep these pounds on. These st- stubborn love <laughs> yeah, handles. And so I told him, I was like, stuck. I really think 
that you just redefined the second law of thermodynamics. If we write up a paper on this, we just changed physics. <laughs> and we will be fucking billionaires because people will come to us for the answers based off of your inability to drop weight. And I was like, if we can bottle your hormonal problem and sell it to Africans, we, we, we saved the world from starvation. This is fucking genius. And then but I, not water problems. And then come to find out it was just peanut butter cups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then this is great because Keegan saw him at the store and he texts me and he goes, oh, yeah, your boy buying bags of peanut butter cups. I'm like, oh, yeah, hormonal problem. <laughs> but this, yeah, Reese's. They're, they're it's, healthy it's, peanut butter cups. It's the Reese's. They're, oh, so that's Justin's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're organic okay. at least. Yeah. Fucking Those asshole. don't have the same. If it's paleo, the sugar helps you burn, burn so fat. This is the part I that I like. I, I really do like like the same thing like i like because i know ultimately nutrition is in large part 90 percent a math problem it has to be like because you can't break physics at yeah. least at this level you can down below when we get to quantum physics but you can't at this level so yeah. therefore when people aren't having success it's first of all most people are ignorant to war what they're putting in it's not they're necessarily um like outright lying about it it's just that they are deceiving themselves or you know and this happens to me too when i ate a bag of mango dried mangoes once and i was like yeah i'm healthy i'm eating fruit organic or whatever and i looked at it i was like well, jesus <laughs> christ those are like a thousand calories and like cue explosive diarrhea yeah exactly <laughs> or, like, or you just wished for it that was part of the weight loss plan <laughs> yeah, i i wished for it we're back to the shit and get fit thing again. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. that's how i add mct into everything it's just shit and nice. get fit so but it, the babysitting problem yeah it's for hard people that they're willfully disinterested and i'm okay with that mm -hmm. But I'm not, not for pay, not for anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to babysit but you to do something. Willfully you... disinterested, but n not willing to admit that. Yeah, they're dishonest about it. Yeah, with with their own selves. And if and if a short term <laughs> coaching relationship with you, you know, brought them to the point of confrontation where you know where they realized that they're you know not willing and that they're liars, you did them a service. I don't think they ever realized it. I just said, sorry, I don't babysit people. I don't argue with five-year-olds, and I don't babysit people. Man, you've got future as a trainer in our gym. Yeah, so I'm going to make you guys you... are unemployed too? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Your, your new T-shirt is willfully disinterested, woefully dishonest. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I, you heard it here first that maybe in the store eventually once we have the <laughs> balls to put up the uh, catching a comet shirt. Uh, <laughs> but I, I nice pun. This is sort of circling <laughs> circling back to finding out if I was using math because that was mm. my background to identify if people were giving it their all. And I was also computer using says it, no. <laughs> computer <laughs> says no. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm a dick. That's okay. Though. No, it's just <laughs> okay. So this is considered cynicism to most people. Like wait, the wait, did did Mark early? Did we identify? Am I a cynical optimist or an optimistic cynic? Or it changes. I think I, I don't I, think I, so because it doesn't have to do. Cynicism has to do with honesty. Because it, it, cynicism classically is about virtue, not materialism. That, that's real, like, cynicism as a philosophy. It has taken shape to be... Wait, it, to wait. be c cynic, like, Cynicism 
Did you say Cinnabon? <laughs> now that is a philosophy. I know that. <laughs> That's what I was hearing the whole time. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you still haven't worked. You've gotten that out of your system, huh? I love. Yes. I like sugar. Who doesn't? No, 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 no. Nate. <laughs> you love sugar. It's a mutual relationship. Uh, sugar, <laughs> yes, it is. No, sugar is mutually attracted to you, apparently. <laughs> so they say. Yeah, yeah. Is Cinnabon I mean, I'm just, like the secret to the airdyne? Have I been fucking this up the whole time? Not, it's not, the secret to everything. <laughs> not the bun. Not the bun part. Just it's the, the It's the frosted, the sauce. <laughs> that, what Fuck a Louis bun, C.K., just... that, that cum guzzling sauce that he calls it. He's just like, it's just like, just give me the sauce. Like just throw it all over my face. And he face. tries to give it to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he asks permission first. So <laughs> his stand-up about Cinnabon in the airport, like he has a discrepancy. Oh. He's like, when you, there's one thing. If you show up and you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm early from my flight. Oh, Cinnabon's open. I'm going to grab a Cinnabon before I take my flight. It's a totally different thing if you get it on the arrival. That's a different human being. If you land and, and you're like, for before I get my car out of the garage, I'm going to get a Cinnabon. I was like, that, that's a distinction yeah. of a different kind of human being. <laughs> okay, so back to cynicism. So, um, yeah, Cinnabon. <clears throat> that's a divergence. So, yeah, the cynicism, people like to make it a pessimistic, optimistic kind of deal, and it's not. Like, I will defend classic cynicism. Now, culturally, it has, you know play as in like a disbelief in human endeavors or a distrust in human efforts or that that's that's how i think you're thinking about it like i, I think people's motives are often disingenuous i think their stated desires are are veiled with something else sure and i'm optimistic that people want good things for themselves and others but I'm cynical that their intentions are disingenuous. And that would be today how most people see cynicism, but they see it as a negative thing because it's a, a, a distrust in humans. But classically, it's an honesty with humans. So Diogenes is probably the most famous cynic, like Diogenes the cynic, or they call him Diogenes the dog. And the the the, the interaction with Just don't him, go too deep here. Like, I won't. I, don't, I won't. My, it's like... <laughs> Dia who? <laughs> like, anyway, Diogenes. Guy. So yeah, Diogenes. So Alexander, the, the famous interaction with him is his honesty towards Alexander the Great, who he gave advice to in the theory of cynicism, how to, how to you know, the values and the virtues of cynicism are to live simply and to act as opposed to talk. Like that's real cynicism. And so Alexander the Great found these like very useful and he went and found them in the streets because Diogenes lived in the streets. Like he didn't need material things and that's why they called him the dog. And there's some other things about the root word of dog and cynicism, but Alexander the Great approached him, hey, can I do something for you? And his reply was like, yeah, get out of my light. Hmm. That's cynicism and it, it, like the brutal honesty. Talk, there is nobody higher or lower than you. It's just talking to people how they need to be spoken to. And even if you're the emperor of the whole entire world, basically, you're still standing in my sunlight. And that's what needs. That's what you can do for me. And that honesty was what cynics were known for. That brutal honesty of being like, no, hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. There is no, there's no superiority here. It's what it is and that's what i think cynicism is that's not how i'm using it but that's very interesting i, I think i'm i'm like that childish understanding of i don't like his motive and so i don't like him that's my it's 
It's all I'm thinking about true. right now is the game that I used to play in Alaska or the Himalayas or whatever with my climbing partners, which is like you stand in front of the sun. <laughs> and knowing they're freezing to death behind you. No, no, no. Okay. You just it see see that's 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 total amateur hour right there. Oh, sorry. So because you don't want them to know that you're blocking the sun, so you can't it, it you still have to allow it to shine on their faces, right? <laughs> but you're just blocking the one part of their body where they just start like fidgeting with that right hand cuz it's getting <laughs> super <laughs> fucking cold because I'm casting shade on that or maybe <laughs> that would be a form know, of cynicism. Uh, because the classic quote that goes along with this is some dogs bite their enemies. Other dogs, like cynics, bite their friends to save them. <clears throat> Do you know how cold it up? it's going to be up there, man? I don't think we should go up there. Whether the bite is from a dog or frost yeah, 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 is up to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so Alexander the Great was in Diogenes' light. Um and back to math problems. I mean, we're really selective of our audience, as in we don't want 90% of the population listening to this. And, and generally 90% of people who do start listening probably don't make it past the first hour. I wonder what the numbers but they're are. Missing the I think we stuff. can run those numbers off of whatever the fuck, whoever does this. Who does this? Does Ross still... Yeah, Ross is on the blueberry thing, right? Yeah. Let's ask him for statistics. Yeah. Because we have never looked at it. We don't even know how many. Maybe we're like, how many downloads do you guys have? And we're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) People download this? (laughs) I've seen people comment and I've seen some like bar thing of popularity. But, you know, when one of our episodes is compared to another. Oh, that's as far as it goes for me. Okay. I'm just like, well, we're just going to keep doing it until. I saw six you comments, know, so I we, thought six people listened to it. And I was like, that's good. <laughs> so, so I, want, I want to ask Keegan about you going after something bigger than a 412 FY on the AD4. I've never. So when I got into using the bikes was like just when the assault bike was coming in. So yep. I've never really rode an 84 all that much. But I have one at my house. And I have one at my house. <laughs> <laughs> then, then yes. <laughs> no, I think uh, we're we're converting the a the assault bike. You don't need to repair it. Right. It's, it's like a rickety. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say it, it's really <laughs> solid. So we're converted. I just I literally wanted to open that thing up and change the gearing and like wh- whatever I had to do to change the gears just to get it to like a more comfortable and yeah. I guess comfortable you, is the wrong word. You, but you could do a more it. realistic pattern. I mean, you could do just what Concept yeah. Two does and just block some of the fan blades. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the algorithm, because it's based yeah, on a yeah, cadence, yeah. Yeah. it'll still keep reporting the same number for less effort. Sure, yeah, yeah, for so sure. You'd be spoofing Wait. the system just like other people did on the AB4. Wait a second, you're telling me I can be faster, at least socially, <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't have to give it any more effort? Sounds isn't that like, what every... That's, 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 that's why that's I ride a dream, isn't it? Crank. Are you trying to talk <laughs> me out of this or like just... <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream. It keeps right. So we were, we were talking about him getting 300 FY. Yeah, I was which, trying to do 300 on the assault bike. I think the equivalent... I mean, to be honest, uh, that that would easily be the equivalent to 400, I think. Easily? If, yeah. If not, easily. way harder. Oh, wow. Oh, did you get close, Keegan? Or? Uh, 253 is the best I've done, and yeah, then I yeah. kind of got away from it. So okay. I, I got on one to see 
yeah. a few times I did a triathlon okay. and played on it. And it seemed like you had to hover close to 600 watts. Yeah, I was get, at 600 to get. I was like 601 620, to get 253. 622. Something like that. Yeah, 622. When I ran the math, I think it was 622 yeah. watts. 622. I see. And I, I just don't have experience. Is it doable? Well, I suppose if you put it in the same power band, yeah. then yes, it's doable. Yeah, I know. If, you, uh, if yeah. I focused on it. Well, somebody said that they've done it. Um, Brett Fakowski apparently has done it. No way. That, that's this is somebody I don't know I'm going to Google because I, I actually yeah. haven't confirmed it but apparently and he is the most logical person I could think of like fitness wise and on a bike wise to do it because he's a heavy dude but he's long limbed and he has a massive engine like especially for that time domain hmm. I believe it's doable so, if it's cool into 400 and I've done 400 it is therefore doable right yeah yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I've asked around. I mean, 253 is the highest I've ever seen. I've asked people to tell me what they've got. Nobody's given me any feedback or data above that. So uh, so what was uh, Danny? Um, Nichols? Yeah, he, he was high, but I think it was only like 249 or something. I, I only knew that based off what you said. If you told me he went over 250, I'd totally believe it. Because um, he's also heavy. Like he I, can put I feel like Sam it. Dancer could put some power into that bike too yes all those people are 10 minute heroes yeah 300 fy brett fikowski 323 i'll see what and this is on an assault bike i don't know that's what i gotta is that, if he did no three, this is an 84 I say if he did 323 on an assault bike he's it's stout yeah <laughs> but it yeah it's an 84 323 in 10 minutes see that there's no way like yeah that's i like, could get that's that in like, my sleep that, that's not we just observed that i did a 326 fy yeah. Six times back to back. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody... I remain unimpressed. <laughs> There's been no big fish to try. I'm not special. Literally, I know it's easy to stand back in my little bubble and say, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Garage. It's not a bubble, Nate. It's a garage. <laughs> it's a bubble to him. It's a garage, yeah. It's with, a th- with a three-burner Mr. Heater yeah, in exactly. front of it because it's cold in there. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I see what the very best people do, and I'm I'm not that. Well, I mean, and, and actually, you know, that is, you know, talking about that is just sort of an anecdote. Like, it's a it's by way of introduction, but it doesn't even scratch like, but it's, it's, it's an insignificant part of you and what oh, the airtime is just like of, a, of what a you've stunt. accomplished, um, in, in, in real life. And so we start talking about, okay, 10 minute effort, 20 minute effort, 30, 60 minutes. And people are like, oh, I can wrap my head around that. But you've, as we were talking earlier, you've, you've raced Logan to Jackson 17 times straight. So that's 17. That's once a year for 17 fucking years. That's a 206 mile bike race. And average Oof. result, like 10 of those times finish in the top 10? Yeah, top roughly. 10 pace overall. Yeah. Mostly done solo. It's a time trial, at least for the last 85%. Yeah. yeah and this is, I mean, in the, in the year that you had set the record, I can't remember, was it 2007? Two, 2006. Six, and that was racing out of the citizen category. Basically, yeah. so you're not starting with guys who are of similar ability who are dragging you along. You basically put your head down after the first town, Preston, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, which kind of hard to go fast. Like I don't. I, that, I, the, the times that I've I've done it, that, that has always just been. You know, it's conversational to Preston, and then people, you know. 
Once you start that first climb, then people get it on. Yeah, but um, yeah. but it, whatever. It also so, happens to coincide with the first big hill. So if yeah. anybody has ambitions, it they go. It's there. like yeah, you got it. I have I have proudly broadcast my intention to competitors. Yeah. Said, I'm going right here, <laughs> 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 and and it's because if you stay with me at the top of the hill, and I was just going 1,200 watts for 30 seconds. I, maybe it's not that high, but it's it's quite high. Maybe a thousand yeah. watts for thirty seconds, and then it settles at seven hundred. The only people staying with me are small little guys, right? And then I'm just like, hi, <laughs> and I wait till the downhill. Bye. And the race is over. Yeah. Of course, they think I'm foolish and it will never last. But we've talked about this. Destroy their confidence and their will to even try. Yeah. And then they won't try. And now I don't have to kill myself. As badly, as badly for the remaining seven and a half hours. Yeah. So this is like when you think 206 mile bike race and there's, it's, it's not that much. It's only 7,000 feet of climbing. Yeah. Right? There are may, yeah, 7,000 so, so and 7,500 maybe. Yeah. It's not, in, so it's not enormous for that distance. Um, and the, the time now has gone under nine hours, but for years that was like the crucible to break. And I think the last time. Like you were super close in 2011 and flatted an alpine, right? Yeah. Was it, that it was 2011 or was that? 2010, 10. I think. 2009 okay. or 10 where I, I was not truly soloing. I was with a good racer yeah. and we got off the front. I tried soloing. Because 2010 was, the, your time was 9.05. Yes, that was that's correct. And in 2010, I tried to go solo in the threes. Mm-hmm. But I would string it out, and then I would say, who's coming with me? And everyone tucks back in behind me, and it became a joke. Yeah. And I'm not interested in pulling everybody, so I waited until mile 100 when somebody had the initiative to kill us all, and he was a, f- a much better climber than me. And So that's we, start of the KOM climb. Basically. Start of the KOM climb. Yeah. I finished second at the top of the hill behind him. He sat up because he was a bit ahead of me, and I said, let's go. And then we put maybe 20 minutes into the chasing pack of 10 in the next 30 miles. 20, uh, 20 oh minutes gosh, into a chasing minutes. pack is not easy. Yeah. But we, we probably stayed somewhere at that late in the race. I, I probably averaged maybe 3.30 for the next two hours. 3.30 watts for two hours is not. That's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, but it's... Um, in, in any case for some people, it is easy. Just not me. <clears throat> sure. I flatted a little later, screamed and cursed at the sky and then decided I probably had to change my tire so that <laughs> yeah. I don't get taken <laughs> over. In any case, I finished four minutes behind him. He set the course record. Um, but he still didn't go under nine he that did. year. It was he like, did a, he, t- he t- did a nine Oh one a couple of years before that happened and after that sort of the 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 fast chronology because it sort of uh, it gives the progression a little better yeah is no one's gone under it solo except i did i went solo from preston in 2013 and this is the interesting part about it i was really annoyed by this i'm gonna name drop one person here because it really annoyed me I did eight hours, 59 minutes, and 53 seconds. I broke this time. Yeah. And 
they penalized me 13 seconds, which took me over the nine hour barrier. And I said, why do you penalize me? Because you didn't start on the front line of your pack. And we can't have people starting 10 seconds back and then competing for a sprint finish and finishing second and saying, my time was actually faster than his because I had a 10 second delayed start. I said, that only applies to two people sprinting. Second place is an hour behind me. He says, we're not removing your penalty. It so happens that his son, who is now a pro rider, okay. uh, TJ Eisenhart, he was the chief referee. And that same year, I took away the Cat 3 State Time Trial Championship and Hill Climb Championship from him. Yeah, I used to ride with TJ. He's very good. He would <laughs> yeah, yeah, crush me now. Yeah. The fact is, I, the, the, he's an awesome rider. I have nothing against him. That was a very disappointing call when nobody else had ever ridden solo under nine, nine hours. Yeah. And he said, yeah. I give you 13 seconds. Maybe everybody else wants their 13 seconds. Oh, come on. No one's ever broken uh, this barrier, buddy. Yeah. And yeah. Hmm. whatever. The time it's since a, had dropped. It seems the opposite. 850, 845, 842 the... was actually the previous record. And in 2018, three very talented riders who I had beaten all of them before. Because superior wattage. Yeah. Let's just say that. Because superior wattage. Anyway, and probably some training strategies. They completely wrecked it down to a 818. 818? <laughs> as a, basically as a team time trial. Yeah. So rolling uh, from Preston, not, I mean, they ro- went, no, rolling from, from Logan. They were very I, they, fast. They must have started, yeah. They, they, went, they went very fast. You I have, could fucking go. You could, you could be moving out. For those first 30. So I I picked apart, because I'm that math weirdo, (laughs) mile by mile, pace by segment by segment, how many watts it takes me (laughs) to go up every hill. And I looked at previous times, their times, other people's times, the course record time, KOMs on every single segment. What what is possible for me is probably an 812, which is... 296 watts average for the entire time it's it's not it's not easy is that fair to say yeah because my best three hour is 300 watts on the dot that's my best three hour effort on a bike but i at a given weight and i would need to be somewhere yeah it was one south of 180 probably 170 see i was a 192 194 maybe when i did that but i've I'm saying this. That's three to, hours. We're talking about fucking eight hours. Yeah. Like I, uh, almost triple the time. I have plenty, not not like dozens of times, but mm-hmm. enough times ridden centuries at true averages over 300 watts, not normalized. Uh, yeah. So I know I'm capable of it, but you have to double that. The, the duration. The, the duration, yeah. And you have to have the... Diet under control. But you also have to have ideal weather conditions. I've averaged enough into that. Okay. That this is built into typical fluctuations I've seen. Okay. 17 years worth of data is enough to say these are realistic paces. They're manageable. You're still N of one, man. I was looking at their times too. <laughs> yeah, don't, I mean, okay. yeah, but don't we like stuff like this? This is where statistics falls apart in most places because, I mean, you run into 
chaos pretty quickly. Like there's a reason it's the two body problem versus the three body problem. Like you, you put so many variables in it. Don't you run into problems with that? Like, well, I, I guess not in your ability because you know over a course of time it, you know, regression I could to the apart, mean. Yeah. But, but these KOMs that I look at were done on days that had chaos. Hmm. So I'm sort of taking blunt averages of lots of chaos. If you're asking the perfect day, yes, a solo rider of the ability of training I think I am capable of is certainly a sub eight. Okay. And mm-hmm. eight twelve is what I think is a manageable pace at approximately <laughs> 300 watts for the entire eight hours and 12 minutes. Um, that's, so what, that's a, how that's would a, you game plan that? Because I'm I'm really curious. Because average is one thing, but the average doesn't actually tell the story, especially with the climbs and the descents. Like how would how would you train so to I once manage that this, energy? Because it's not yeah, about it's not a yeah. flat. It's not like a when I'm you know if I was going to prepare for an hour time trial on a track, that's a pretty easy because it's a governed pace and you know exactly what you need to hit and you just need to build tolerance into that. But mm-hmm. this is something different. Like for every single uphill segment that I have broken down, which I'm happy to share this Excel file. <laughs> I, I will say I have the approximate watts at given weights for every single uphill, flat, and downhill section that I've broken down. I will tell you it's if you know solving the required power at a given speed is a super easy math problem. Sure solving the required speed given a known power is solving an inverse cubic problem. It's not trivial Mm -hmm. to account for downhill coasting, terminal velocities, but that's what I wrote. This big chunk of code so I could try to optimize the entire course, every segment at known wattages. So the end result is an average of 300, but it's I need a 1420, which is a 14 minute 20 second, KOM stretch Mm -hmm. at around 390 watts. Yeah. So I know each section, how to get there within my ability. So take the math out of it and and put it in, in, into, as opposed to how would you approach training? Because it's not just a time domain problem. Now we're in and out of certain or specific energy requirements within. So your recovery needs to be accounted for so if i let's say the average is you know 296 so you know you can hold that for eight hours but that isn't the same thing as uh 400 200 400, 200, 200, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, so, right, yeah. so, so in your own personal approach how do you get on the bike and say okay uh, on this date i need to be able to go 812 so uh you know 12 weeks before or let, let's say even yeah. building base i'm building up this volume and then i'm you know i'm getting my body used to this kind of feeling nothing I'll say here is new to you. Sure. No, but I mean, for people listening to, but step one, someone said, how do you get fast? I would say, here, try this ride 20 hours a week for two years straight. (laughs) Step one. That's probably the best program I've ever heard. (laughs) Step two, then come talk to me again. If you haven't survived that, then quit asking me any further, but a, there it is again. (laughs) (laughs) The the pre-rack is, (laughs) have a huge volume so that you can tolerate the other stuff I'll yeah. say here. So so that you can actually recover within the effort. Recover within right. it. Have a very big base. Know yourself and know what that means. For me, I'm just about to reach, and maybe I have, but of, of sort of disciplined training, I'm about at the 10,000 hour mark right mm-hmm. now. 
of real cycling training. That was not done in one year. Clearly, 17 load adjusts. Yeah, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. But I now know myself, and so I know that if I go into load adjust this year with about 6,000 miles and 250,000 feet of gain, <laughs> right? I know that I can get there yeah, yeah. in the process, power meter aside, mm-hmm. ride really hard hills as fast as you can. And then just figure out the recovery as you go and go do it again. Hmm. Lodija has three big hills and hmm. lots of flats. There's time to recover, but you can't fully recover because I still have to ride 250 watts down the backside. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, so have, you to have to You have to yeah. be able to recover at 250. At 250. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I... It, but that's the two years and 20 hours a week. Like yeah. that's what that establishes is the ability, the ability to, do to that. recover the ability to go up to the 400 is the peaking before that happens yeah. if most people don't know but. and it right and and this so right now i'm at 11 to 13 somewhere mm-hmm. maybe i'm hovering close to 12 hours a week right now approximately 100 percent of my training is done solo indoors power based sure. mm-hmm. I, I float at 200 to 350 watts nonstop all the time mm-hmm and then twice a week I do something hard and people might say well, like why are you playing with these 600 dude I go hard every day I do CrossFit that's awesome <laughs> but and the Four only reason I in, ju- let me tell you the, how hard feels well, then so, I'll show you that's that's the reason I make that joke is because when we establish what is hard uh, I think you just nailed it you're like no twice a week is what I can tolerate because hard is actually definably hard as in if I do it three times it starts like the numbers drop like i'm not able to hit what's required am i correct let's talk about 12 times 30 430 <laughs> at 800 plus watts 12 times 34 oh okay yeah 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 this come on you're the one who turned I, me on I, to that right, workout right. and i was so, just like i'm gonna try and do okay so, uh, i might and, need and, more and, specifics on this because so yeah back, so, back so, so you have to we have to back out i mean to get to the seven to eight hundred watt output yeah. for the 30 seconds you, that is determined by something else so so how, how this is borne out in around 175 percent of yes that's right in, yeah. in about the year 2000 steptoe and Nagel, it's some PhD researchers mm-hmm. were trying to elicit different interval responses and find out what was the best for certain characteristics, primarily a 40K TT. Mm-hmm. And everybody predicted that four-minute and eight-minute intervals, which is very popular today, especially with this whole polarized paradigm mm-hmm. and the Steven Seiler work, and everyone loves eight-minute intervals with two- and three-minute rest, yada, yada, yada. But back in 2000, people were doing this Nothing's new. And a group of cyclists who performed intervals at very short durations, 30 seconds, but 175% of their achieved power in a ramp test, and then recover four and a half minutes. So it's not a sprint. It's not pure phosphagen, 10-second jazz. Mm -hmm. It's a 30-second, 100. So in my case, if I finish that ramp test at... The, the nature of the ramp test I was getting, say 450 watts. Mm-hmm. Add another 300 on 350 on top of that. Yeah. I had to do 30 seconds at 800 watts, <laughs> right? Which is very hard. <laughs> That's fucking but you're given man. a glorious four and a half minutes to not quite recover and then repeat eight times, 12 times. 
And people would sort of say, you're doing a nine hour event. Why are you wasting your time on repeats at 800 watts for 30 seconds? Because you pull from the top and push from the bottom. You're doing everything and it worked. It apparently attacks, it stimulates a secondary pathway for developing endurance. It's a more muscular based one, which which serves me well. Yeah, it, and it I was have to. coupling these 30 second intervals, which seem very easy after three, but the benefit comes after seven, eight, nine, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 10, yeah. 11, yeah. 12. It's funny because I never made it past six. I was wondering I was just like, but this okay, is a ramp test, this, that. So I had to be at like 550 watts for 30 seconds. It's, it's rough. Uh, so, yeah. of course, I wasn't going to make it past. I mean, like, because I hadn't done two years of 20 hours a week. I didn't, like, I had nothing to pull from. Like, like my average training volume at that time was, I mean, the, it was somewhere around 450 a year. So, to, and I mean, so anyway. This, this idea, by the way, so much of my training is done below 250 watts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, why are you spending your time at 250 watts? Well, because I need to be able to recover from the four and five and 600 mm-hmm. stuff. And this huge well that I try to build is exactly what allows me to not go so deep at 600 watts. Yeah. Yeah. So that I recover. Keegan clearly outweighs me by at least six or seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> Maybe 10. Maybe 10, rounding out, if you add a Cinnabon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't touch the power numbers that he will hit but it doesn't matter Mm. bring me to the first hill i will take him into those power numbers Mm -hmm. and then he'll never recover bye there it is because i've built a well to recover from and i worked on the 800s that my competitors don't so i will because and part of the reason is that, that, that they don't and this is i think one of the interesting things is is that they that they can't a be one of the reasons that they can't in a physical sense is because they don't believe it is actually applicable to the task. I have so many questions. So, so, so there, <laughs> so, so therefore like if you like, Oh, I don't believe that this interval structure is relevant to what I want to accomplish. Then there's no, and if you've already decided that up front, which is, is we're going to probably get to point. It's not two relevant your, to what yeah, I want yesterday. to feel. <laughs> well, no, but it's, it, yeah, it's not relevant to what I want to uh, want to accomplish. But, so therefore, it becomes impossible to do physically because mm-hmm. you've, you've you have just sabotaged your ability to do so. But the flip side of that is yes, exactly how those intervals make you feel, yeah. which is it's it's diabolical what will what happened to me for in the next 72 hours after getting through six at the prescribed wattage. It's like, like can, I, can you get rhabdo without an eccentric unloading? <laughs> <laughs> so first sure, off, sure what it feels it, like, it. what is a ramp test and how do you do it? Mm. There, there's, oh, oh my. There, so, so there are lots and lots and lots of different protocols for ramp tests. One that, I may have introduced to Mark, but either way, it's one that we chose because I had done it many times. So it's accurate. At least it was comparing apples to apples. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like this test, but I had data from Tour de France champions on it because it was published. Mm -hmm. That's why I liked it. Indurain bonus. This is the the, uh, 35 watts per jump, if I recall. So 
in in high performance cycling, a book by Asker Geokundrup. Yeah. He published uh, a table with permission. Whoever did the research, there was a particular ramped test that begins quite low, 110 watts, yeah. and you go for four minutes mm-hmm. in the test we used, backing up. It, it, this could be a two minute on, one a minute off. It could be two minutes, then two minutes, then two minutes with no rest. Yeah. The test we preferred because comparative data and experience was four minutes on, one minute off. 50 watts is fine, but whatever you need to do to buffer the acid sure, and be ready yeah. for the next jump. 110, 145, So you're trying to make it as high as possible on this yes. ramp. Yeah. So do you just keep doing that until you yeah. fail? Until yes. you fail. And so until you can't hold usually them. when I'm fit, which often takes a failure one day, and that has primed me in this, it's sort of like post-activation potentiation, but it's aerobic pap. I don't know any words for it. I need to fail once. And then I can repeatedly achieve my last set is the 460 watt range. I was going to say 455 comes to mind for some reason, but I can't remember though. You'll do the 390, so four minutes at 325, four minutes at 355, four minutes at 390, four minutes at 425. Things are getting ugly. Sure. Mm. The next jump is is 460, which is usually where I make it through. Usually in quotes because it's you cannot. There's no game here. Right. And then the next round, it's you could try to spin it up to 130 RPM to game it. It's going to crush you. So it, is this it, done on your bike, but on a trainer yeah. or rollers or in the road? Any or? any way you can measure power. Okay. <laughs> rollers. I, <laughs> I knew that was a stupid question, but no, no, no. I'm I'm not mocking you. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you because what happens when you come off the rollers accidentally <laughs> at like 300 watts is bad. Yeah. Yes. There's there's. It's not like you're gonna peel out and rush anywhere. Yeah. But but maybe the more critical problem with rollers is if you're going as deep as I expect you to go. You are cross-eyed. Your eyes are yeah, closed. Yeah. Everything is shut down. Getting off is impossible. You're going to utter shutdown. So you're going to gram Most over people it. do the two-minute <laughs> step test to get it over with. Like the the yeah. what? So that was the big thing. The four four on one off was like, oh yeah, well that takes a long time. Yeah, it's a, it's an hour test. If yeah, you're fast. and then the hardest part is at the last. So you have fifty minutes to establish. I mean, if you're good, you got fifty minutes to establish your fatigue in that conversation. And now, now the real test begins in the last maybe eight minutes or 12 minutes or something. Yeah. When those are like, okay, it hurts before, but now it, now it's actually a really accurate test, but people go, okay, how can I do this faster? 20 minute test or a, you know, two minute step test. And that, those are the ones that most people end up with. And this happens in running too. When you do a math test, well, if you suck at running, yeah, you have to do it in the first 20 minutes because you don't have the volume to test into the hour. Mm. But if you did the math test according to like Livingston or some of the, the Aussies or New Zealand runners, those guys don't even test until you're in the second hour. They're like, mm. no, no, run efficiently for an hour and then we'll start the test. It's why you motor pace two to three hours into the yeah. training session. Yeah, yeah. Once things have set in. Mm. I, I will say people misuse tests all the time. I can sort of waffle back and forth as to their value at different times. Know what you're testing because if it's a non-recovery based sort of progressive, 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 those are much better for probing lactate. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because you, every time you recover for a minute mm-hmm. and plot back Flush. up, yeah. your lactate got Buffering that time. System. Yeah. And, and some people who have tested me, you know, in this whole company we started, I've tested a, quite a number of people, including yeah. myself. Um, I think it's, I it's, still have the lactate <laughs> numbers from the, t- from one time we did that test in 2008 or 2009. And yeah. I think sort of at the tail end, you were 14, 15, somewhere in there. It, it gets ugly for sure. Oh. But I will say even oh, at that, God. even at that kind of huge level. My stomach hurts a little bit. <laughs> just thinking about yeah. it. But, I, but most of the time, that's sort of when you're going to this utter failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It appears part of my talent is not only the ability to tolerate acid, but that I seem to buffer it quite quickly. I thought you were going to say enjoy it. <laughs> My favorite drink is battery acid. <laughs> I enjoy some forms of acid. I carried it like sometime, and I can't remember. This would have been 2007, 2000, some, sometime. Er, actually, it might have been a little bit earlier. But I carried my um, my Lactate Pro um, during the Snowbird Hill Climb. <laughs> during the event? Like yeah, because I measured at the start line. Oh, oh it, and then I measured at the end. Oh, I was going to say, did you test during the ride? <laughs> no, no. Could, that would have been, that would have been awesome <laughs> so. uh, to be able to do. But since I was, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe if you like, bink. Yeah. How do I? So, <laughs> so, sorry about the, the bodily G- fluids. Yeah, sorry. It, sorry. Instead to, of the Garmin, instead of the Garmin, it's your Lactate Pro, and then you just <laughs> prick it, so, and then you just put a thumbtack on your handlebars. <laughs> Yeah, stick like it on stick there it on and then there continue going. going. One of the times the person was doing it idea. on me, he just used a razor blade. He said, I'm getting sick of pricking this. Oh, so you just God. cut it? Just cut my earlobe. Nice, buddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he says, I couldn't get any blood out. Whatever. Yeah. Your heart wasn't pumping hard <laughs> enough, apparently. But sweat <laughs> t- tends to dilute this. And I. Yeah. some people yeah. have said I might sweat more than okay. average. <laughs> so there's an actually an interesting thing there is um to so when we're discussing um looking after yourself for eight to nine hours at that level of intensity for output mm-hmm. in terms of calorie and hydration type of stuff because most like if you look at you know any of the sort of I'm just going to use air quotes and say data about ideal caloric consumption and this and that, you know, that generally those are staked to a particular percentage of VO2 max. Mm-hmm. And no one, I don't, I don't think there's probably been any mm-hmm. that no one's been looking at that long duration at the much higher percentages Let's just say, okay, if you're at 70% of VO2 max, then this is about what you can tolerate taking in per hour, Hmm. right? But the closer you are to it, I mean, the higher the intensity, the greater the stress on the system, that's going to change those numbers. And so it doesn't, so, you know, you're not, I'm, you know, you're not eating a fucking baked potato with olive oil and salt on it halfway through one of those things. Um, But if you rely purely on liquid the entire time, then at some point your guts revolt. I maybe I'm a little bit lucky. I don't have revolt problems okay. too much. Okay, and and I'm not well fat adapted. My respiratory exchange ratio is quite high. There's, what's your RER? It's like one point. I I don't know oh. during the event. Oh right right. I mean if, at rest, it, what is it? I I won't even give a number because I don't know oh, right okay. now. 
it's 1. 1.5, 1.7. It's it's very high. Okay. If I'm remembering some yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah one, 1. 1.13 would be indicative of like you were exercising very heavily. So yeah, something... This, maybe I'm misremembering some numbers, yeah, but usually REIs, RERs are used to see if you're burning fat versus carbohydrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really intending to say, historically, I'm very carbohydrate processed carb sugar addicted sure surprise surprise right. <laughs> cinnabon yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so during that event i i estimate oh, okay let's say that i can hold in glycogen mm -hmm. a bit in my gut some in my liver, liver 2500 plus calories i'm a big kid mm -hmm. kid <laughs> <laughs> i i'm holding 2500 calories of sugar minimum i'm not concerned about losing 10 pounds of sweat right because your performance is not going to drop. If you weigh 180 and you drop 10 pounds, mm -hmm. two, three, four percent, I don't care. Marathoners drop the same amount and they only weigh, 135. you know, 135 mm -hmm. pounds. Yeah. So I'm not concerned about not getting enough except up to thirst. Yeah. I overconsume early because I have no gastric distress in order that later I can make mistakes. I don't, but I'm allowed to make mistakes because I preloaded so carefully and I have this attitude, a fruit pie that's 560 calories at 170 miles into a race sounds absolutely disgusting, Yeah, but bonking will piss me off far more. So eat the pie. Wait, if that's wait, your, if that's your what, deal. One of those <laughs> pies that with yeah. that lady's name on them. Little Debbie. The, not a little Debbie. It's like a, it's it's kind of looks like a pie in like the wax paper. It's in wax paper. Yeah. It's kind of like a pie that's folded in half. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I like the. Is it one of those? Ones. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was my go-to for that and a quart of milk. So go-to for a long time, not for athletic effort. That would be <laughs> sure, just like sure. an afternoon <laughs> after school. Like, if you had that and rode a bike, I feel like you'd throw up almost instantaneously. <laughs> but, I, but it is I a don't... trainable feature. Like this is kind of. And if I do throw up, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barf it off the side of the road. Just keep going. That's part of life. You look gross when your wife sees you at the feed zone, yeah. like, and and you realize that you lot like when it's happened in the mountains when partners have puked. And I'm just like, fuck, those are calories that no, <laughs> like, say, like do you go back, <laughs> go go get that, <laughs> go get that. Do you go after it? <laughs> no, 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 because it's now I'm questioning no, but your now commitment. He's gonna dip in, <laughs> but now he's going to dip into my stock because he's because, gonna be hungry. Exactly, and I need to keep him. You know, yeah. uh, an equal partner or, or more it, than equal partner yeah. in it, many cases. It, 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 in all seriousness, <laughs> but people do fail because of things that they can't control. I, I appear to have an iron gut. Well, it's more like chubbery over not iron, but it, okay. I can tolerate a lot of stuff. It's, it's well insulated. But I <laughs> keeps all that warm. Cold yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, but I train it. Yeah. And yeah. I start off with the attitude. I don't care. This is just a part of the process. Yeah. If your stomach hurts, oh well. Pedal harder and try to put your focus on that pain and then don't care. I don't falter when it comes to drinking when I need to drink or eating when I need to eat because I will not have a fast time and that would make me mad. Yeah. Those are in my control. Don't fuck that up. I mean, maybe I'm oversimplifying it. No, you're, I, it, what, I don't think you are, but you are describing this sort of challenge and process in a way that most people don't look at it. 
Because the slightest bit of gastric distress, like, oh, oh my God. Oh, in any realm, and, too. In, yeah. And, Not just in and, cycling efforts, but I think in every, like, the discomfort of everything becomes an issue for everybody. Like, well, I don't eat lettuce. Like, what the fuck? Eat your fucking salad and shut up. You need this thing in yeah. order to do this do other it. thing. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, during mm-hmm. the effort also, is that, like, the slightest amount of, dis- I mean, especially, like, Okay, this is a long endurance effort. You're going to try, and you're actually going to try and, you know, race as opposed to finish. Mm. Um, yeah, there are certain things. Okay, if you go too far, you go down the, you know, you learn once, oh, that makes my stomach hurt. And, but, okay, if my stomach hurts, that's, that, that, it's, it's not going to be reduce my desire to be here and doing this thing, which I chose to do. Like the outcome is more important to me than how I feel during it, let's say, um, or you know, th- th- that I get to that place that it's not going to, that at, at the slightest, at these signs of discomfort, however they come at me, my hands are cold, my stomach hurts, my feel like shitting or, you know, whatever. I got to pee. I, gotta, I shit. Like I, I shit, <laughs> you know, or yeah, exactly. Um, uh, those things, when I have been involved in these kinds of efforts, those little things like that don't affect my commitment to being there. Hmm. The one I have. And I, and I wonder if it's the, not the case for some people. Obviously, the, it's not the case for you. They're like the little, oh, yeah. you puke? Yeah, keep going. But I well, think most people you know, are trying to find but, an excuse not to be there. Well, exactly. Like, or or no, to, is, to excuse whatever complacency of the effort. Yeah. To justify a poor, for poor, exactly. poor performance early. Internally, I can hear the messages hurts. coming through like, oh, like in my own head. Like th- this seems like a natural function of humans. Like, oh, this is going to be my excuse. My stomach hurts. Or I had this problem. Or, you know, I dropped my food and then I couldn't eat. So I bonked. Or I yes. threw my food and I didn't <laughs> yeah. tell anybody because I wanted to bonk because I was tired of hurting. <laughs> so, so two, you know, here's, here's, I'll try to be fast on one because it's, there's two points. Mm. Um, at least three, four competitors at the Barkley Marathons. Mm. Four Utahns all live here. I've talked to all of them. One of them yeah. is dead. Jared Campbell, of course. I, I've talked to a lot. Mm-hmm. I've had dinner with him, hiked with him, talked to him about. I got all the maps from Barkley, and as a perfectly nuts person would do, I Google mapped every single piece of the course, traced p- pieces out, deciphered photographs, and mapped the entire course. How long is it really? It's, a, I mean, it's nobody, it nobody, it's, it's essentially the same course year over year, starting the campground and wraps around. It does add on a bit every year that somebody finishes. The next year they have to make it harder. Oh, right. And uh, 120, okay. you know, it's, it's like 26 to 27 miles right now yep. per lap. You do five. But as I've talked to Jared, because his greatest he's not i have nothing negative to say about jared he's a peculiar person and that's an awesome thing his attitude is amazing sometimes i think he's faking it because no one can be that happy at those times and he always seems happy but he's like dude don't even be upset if you get a gut ache don't allow that to be a negative thing if you think you're going to have a problem up front don't addict yourself to caffeine. You think caffeine might be a bad thing later, whatever. So, so that's the first piece is just have such a positive attitude to never let yourself get to the place mm. where you're trying to do it. The second and maybe sort of 
opposite side of that coin. What has shut me down a number of times at Lodija and other things are cramps due to ill preparedness because it is very hard to prepare at that intensity for that duration. Wait, wait, you're getting cramps that aren't tied to dehydration or what's the other thing? Electrolyte imbalance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you not heard of Gatorade? <laughs> <laughs> wait, you're, you're, you're getting muscular cramps, exercise-induced muscle cramps, um, based on the fact that you're trying to accomplish more during the competition than you physically prepared yourself to tolerate in training. There's the fr- there's the front row seats for you, kids. <laughs> oh Cram- my God! <laughs> you don't need more cranberry you, juice and more pickle juice. You by bl- the way, I understand the neurological responses, but yeah. you bingo. blaspheme. I am a blaspheme. <laughs> blaspheme. <laughs> of course. And it, uh, but but he, yeah. but let's just. At what hour does it kick in, like normally? Um, five. Okay, because you five. normally ride for about four for your longest yes. rides, right? Typically four to five, and nowhere near that intensity. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah, when yeah. I finally light that match, yeah. I, I mean, I burn the boat down and I go. <laughs> is that, is, I don't know you if that's bur- a real yeah. expression. <laughs> I was going to say, terrible. Is. Is burn the, I burn the boat down and then I swim really hard. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm mixing some metaphors here. Uh, yeah. Sure. But uh, yeah. I, there's a funeral that happens <laughs> and it's on water and it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, when I go, I'm, I'm all in. I'm mm-hmm. full commitment. And it's hard to convince myself to train to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to be very clear, it, and, and Mark was in a facetious tone saying yes, exactly I'm what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is front row seats, kids. Most of your cramps across the board are because you are not prepared for that level of intensity or duration. Or duration. Or both. Or duration. Yeah, or both. Yeah. Period. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you t- Take your pickle juice. I get the neurological reply and blah, blah. Maybe it sends a sick. Get it. Yeah, but, that, but that's not a prevent. That's not a prophylactic sort of thing. <laughs> it's not like I'm drinking it before the race and hoping it helps. That's be- I'm, I'm using that bitter taste and it could be sm- smelling salts. Yeah. It could be anything that triggers Cholula. the same. Could be Cholula. It, it could I, be Cholula. I, it might be. Ooh, might make you shit. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's hardcore right there. I'd, I'd go for the pickle juice or the, you know, the, the apple cider vinegar or, you know, whatever it yeah. is, because all those things are going to are gonna kick the same neurological reaction. But prepare more. Oh, well, yeah, I there's have, nothing that have, can bridge that gap, but it's not one is equal no. to the net. Like, you can't just go, oh, well, I only had time to do the time crunch cyclist program, yeah. so therefore, in hour four, I'm going to dose with this, and it's going to be totally there, the same. Yeah, there's, and once it comes, it, it can ebb and flow, yeah, yeah, and you can play with it by adjusting your cadence, but if you're doing that, you're not at the wattage you wanted for no. your record. No, you're just surviving yeah. at that point. And then there are three big hills at Lodija, one from mile, let's say, 35 to 60. Mm-hmm. Is the longest one? You know, Wait, it's, what? Yes. If you want to say, yeah, that leads. If you go to Mink Creek, yeah, which is probably mile 37, 40, even round up to forty. Okay. I believe it's twenty-two miles, so we'll say thirty-eight. From thirty-eight to sixty is Mink Creek. A bunch of rollers that are tough, progressing upward. Till the top of Strawberry or Emigration Canyon, 22 miles. I didn't realize it was that far because I only think of the Strawberry part, like the yeah. There's a lot of rollers that gets until, there, and yeah. then you have 10. But 
if you're doing it right, it's a hill from for 22 miles. Right. Okay. That's the worst one because you've laid everything into it. Mm-hmm. You descend down the back. You have a short little guy at mile 85 to 95, 90. And then the third and steepest hill comes at about four and a half to five hours in is the four mile steepest one. It's not that steep, but when you've been hurting yourself, <laughs> if it shuts hours, you, yeah. there have been rides. I have, look, I'm done. Got off my bike, walked, uh, eventually got back on, hobbled up. Sometimes people have caught and passed me, but now it's mostly downhill. I can regulate it for the next three hours. <laughs> right it's three hours is a long time i know these sounds just ridiculous but no but but this is this is this is the exact thing that is impossible to describe to somebody when they don't understand duration like when we're talking about hours and adding hours and at like being able in those hours there's no replacement for it there's no drink or supplement or anything other than the duration itself that allows you to adapt to that feature of the effort like that that's why it's so frustrating to hear people like oh well you know just do harder intervals or just like double down on this training or like oh you you strength training will help it won't help like duration is duration i I, i'm sorry i need to i need to circle back to something here because I, i i registered Keegan's glee <laughs> when he said, I have so many questions yep. regarding ramp tests mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then we've been talking about like having some, you know, putting up some workouts in the, you know, in the, in the space mm-hmm. section of our website mm-hmm. and, and, you know, some questions about why do we do this and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So does the, uh, does the assault bike, register power or is it just rpm and calories it has lots of wattage but it's it's correlated to Mm -hmm. okay so so it could be that or the concept two bike or whatever Mm -hmm. i do believe that um a 35 watt increase four minutes on one minute off ramp test should be in keegan's future you could do it on the c2 that's where i was going so so we can so we can do that test establish a number and then see what happens with that the thirty four thirty workout? Do, do you know how I might want to do it though? Is actually on the assault bike and just go up one RPM each time. Yeah, because that's about a fifteen yeah, to twenty watt but jump. Put, I think that's a great test. Yeah. If you want the greater carryover to outdoors, put the power band in the cadence you're going to really ride. Sure, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, that yeah, doesn't. But sure. but no, don't don't. This is not for outdoors, <laughs> Nate. We're well, talking about fucking with cyclists. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about fucking with people on the internet. Okay. Yeah. So it's entirely okay. indoors. Well, as you were talking about, I was like, "Well, if I do that on the assault bike, that might help with the 300 in 10 minutes." Well, I'm just no, saying, it could, it could, it could absolutely. Yeah. In 100%. fact, I, I th- yes, <laughs> I think it would. That's totally, where my head was going the whole time you were talking. That about and it. pickle juice is the secret. Like <laughs> it will, it will either change or end your life. Both of which you know are the same. Um, uh, the only but, reason I think RPM is because it's a little like well, when we're communicating ideas with people, there can be no confusion. Be, right when when it has to be like I figured the problem with most people using wattage is there they'll see the number and then they'll close their eyes and the number goes their average will not be what they think that it is there's a way to be dishonest about that hmm. and we, sorry peak, cynicism peak, but peak people de- are fucking shitty peak detection is one thing we'll call it you ever you yeah. ride with someone and yeah right in their 
Dude, moment, 405 for an hour. Moment of greatest <laughs> exertion. Glass, oh, I'm freaking 500 watts. Settle back in. Yeah. Ramp it again. Look down. Oh, my 500 watts. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you're detecting it is right when you're... We're all somewhat It's even worse this. when somebody else comes to check it because they see somebody coming over and the power goes up. And then they're like, oh, you're doing really good. And they walk around and it goes down. So that's, actually, what, that's what Lynn does every time you come into the gym. For sure. So I actually go the other way yeah. because I want people to believe that I get all this on like 180 watts. <laughs> <laughs> we have some similarities oh here. Like when I go out to eat with certain groups of people, let's say, I don't know, some healthy types. I always double down, especially if they're like green healthy, like they're like super into microgreens or whatever. I immediately go, I want a pizza and I want to put truffle fries on it and I'm going to eat that like a taco just to watch <laughs> their face. Like, dude, how do you, like, do you eat like that? I'm like, yeah, that's what I, every, every meal, I'll do every meal just to be like, like you eat like a fucking asshole. I'll go have salads <laughs> or not eat the entire rest of the day just to fuck with people. Or if we go like with a keto group of people, God forbid that I ever have to do that again, I will for sure just order carbs, a loaf carbs, of carbs. bread and eat pasta and bread and just be like, oh yeah, keto. No, I just, I just. I don't even cook the pasta. I just crunch it and I add water later. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just gargle it in your mouth just, a little bit. Just like chew it down enough so I can swallow it. And then I just put the water in and realize I like, I've just had a meal. I let my stomach make it al dente. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I want to. And I let my <clears throat> large intestine <laughs> make it puree. <laughs> Sorry. We were going to get to, you know. Yeah, we had to. We were going to yeah. get to ass jokes sooner so, or later, so I may as well. So there's this joke I used to tell my wife. This is this is very, um, this is a classy joke. Oh, okay. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, Not sort of a typical. Yeah, yeah. This is a classy joke. All right. Wink, wink. <laughs> so. All right. So if you're listening to this at work and the speakers are up. This is a good time. Turn them up louder. Turn them up louder, I guess. Turn up louder. So sometimes you become mildly dehydrated if you're me. <laughs> and sometimes you okay. might have to pass a baseball or something of maybe slightly larger diameter than you're accustomed to. So I, I set up this website called igiveashit.com and I take a picture every day and put it on there. No, I didn't, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Okay. We still have time to change the no. race classifieds. Yeah. No, uh, there, no <laughs> there, there is a precedent for this. <laughs> Please continue. So, I, wow, I, that's amazing that there is because oh, I thought I was... Anyway, you'll tell me in a moment. Yes. Occasionally, upon passing a baseball, it feels like there must be peanuts undigested clawing their way around the rim, making it even <laughs> more challenging to pass. This is a classy joke. I can't class. wait for the punchline. <laughs> so, uh, I will I'll say, I'll come out after the fact pictures are posted and i'll say to my wife i haven't had peanuts in weeks that's the punchline <laughs> it's it's they sell bb guns here <laughs> you guys have some strange code in your house <laughs> between bbs and peanuts i'm forever tainted <clears throat> i'm never eating a peanut again <laughs> just chew properly just, just, just chew just no, just the visual. Just one yeah. deep breath. Okay. Deep, deep breath. Circle back. <laughs> Someone has this website, huh? They beat me. No, to no, the no. Punch. It's not. It's not a website. Actually, this is this is this is this this is pre-internet. 
This was done with film, actually. Whoa. <laughs> and it was done at a very specific location. Um, and so the, it's, it's a uh, pretty famous... I'm just going to say Eastern European climber because I can't remember if he's Czech or Slovak or Hungarian, you know, one of the Eastern European guy named Thomas Gross. And he was, there's a guy who climbed alone in the mountains a lot. And as I recall the story, as told to me by Marie Heroes, who had seen the actual progression of images because, (laughs) you know, why take pictures and print them if you're not going to show them to people <laughs> make coffee table book uh, i don't it'd be a thin one because he wasn't there for that so he was he was he was hanging out at the lay show hut below the north face of the grand giraffe and he was going to try and solo the walker or you know uh the damien song route or something like that i don't know um but he's up there in the winter by himself and weather was bad the weather remained bad and so and this again, and now I got to kind of paraphrase. This is like ancient history in my brain, addled by high altitude, among other things. <laughs> um, but so seven or eight days, he's like waiting for a good weather forecast and then finally ran out of food and had to go down. But that meant that he had seven or eight photos of the shit that he took in the snow every morning. So he'd wake up in the morning. Oh, there's another storm. Well, I better go take a shit and take a picture. <laughs> Black and white film. Imagine the poor fucker developing. He maybe he developed it himself, so that you know, uh, not totally the thing you want. Like, man, that's a yeah, that's a different turd every day, and you could probably detect <laughs> levels of dehydration as you know this time below the mountain progressed or whatever. But um, so, as you said before, <laughs> it's always it's already all been done. <laughs> he just had no internet to immediately Instagram, <laughs> and I think actually. Um, we don't need to a URL. We just need an Instagram handle. I took a shit dot, dot whatever, and uh, dot so the book's y- been there. It's been done. Yeah, I, you know, it's <laughs> it's not even a coffee table. That's like a, that's like a, a one page in a fucking magazine. You know, that's like something we would print in the back of Rays or something. So, 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 so the, but we'll circle back to something I wanted to reply <laughs> in greater depth to a question Michael had. But for me, the reason I wanted to quote put up a site or yeah. f- things that i give a shit.com because i don't give a shit about everything that's being posted yes it's exactly. the sort of exact retaliation to people saying look at my crunchy o's that i ate for breakfast and i did my three mile run look at my cute dog and it's like i don't give a shit how about this i'm gonna put up my post that says i gave a shit that's that's so that <laughs> is slow clapping for that one for <laughs> well, sure that oh okay, man i'm gonna bring it back because okay. i'm i'm interested yes in this do save us <laughs> probably not possible <laughs> okay, from me okay <laughs> but this this reply is something to do with the preparation for the event i know the average i know how many watts on each segment mm-hmm. roughly i know the perfect day and i know the day i'm targeting which can't rely on perfection. All of those pieces are encompassed with my philosophy of, you know, trying to race an event, you know, that is capacity-based. We've said this, Mark, you've said it, we've kind of talked about pieces of it. I'm not interested in seeing if I can do the event with a hurt knee Mm -hmm. because that's not my capacity. That is just a problem on the side. I don't 
want to deal with gut problems. I want to solve everything that is peripheral to the physiologic capacity of the task. And I've chosen Lodija because for me, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 hours perhaps, is the duration at which I can ride at a capacity before I've crossed a line where now I've, I just don't have the willpower to push that hard. Mm. And now it's suddenly bridged into a domain of simply tolerating, mm -hmm. managing stuff, managing breakdown. Of course, in parallel with, with this is making smart choices to do your best while hurting another. But for now, let's just talk about me doing my best. What is my utmost capacity? Well, I'd like to see 300 watts for eight hours and 12 minutes. Mm. That is my capacity. And if you said, Nate, where could you have gone faster? I will say, I couldn't have gone faster anywhere without bringing down the average somewhere else. And I, do you know Carl Meltzer? Mm -hmm. He's the, he ran the, 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 the I mean, Appalachian, the name, the Appalachian yeah. Trail, 2,200 mm -hmm. miles thereabouts. Oh, yeah. He did it in like 38 days or something like he that. He was, uh, I think, 46 days. Somewhere, yeah. Someone has now trounced him by a further four or five, six days. It's, it's quite amazing. And I've talked to him a bunch at various trail races. And Nate, how do you end up at these trail races? I just spontaneously decide what hurts more oh running that 50k hurts more than my couch i'm going to do that so, and honestly all right ladies and gentlemen there's a life <laughs> philosophy for you and uh i urge you to follow it <laughs> it's, it, yeah the, 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 okay. sh the short and real answer is that i cross train stair climbing and uphill hiking um vertical kilometers vertical miles that sort of stuff because it carries over so well like to the bike. Yeah. yeah. And in doing that, I stumble across events that people say are disgusting and challenging. And I'm like, oh, wait, a voluntary effort that you get to do where they feed you rock stars and Red Bull at every station? Sign me up. <laughs> Cinnabon at the end? Cinnabon I'm there. The end. <laughs> Sounds like heaven. <laughs> Sounds like heaven. And so I get these ideas because I'm curious what they're finding. Okay. And through ultra endurance events, I became somewhat annoyed, judgmental perhaps, that people were doing the events and saying, I ran 50K. It's like, dude, you hobbled 50K in like 13 <laughs> hours. That's not running 50K. And actually there is a difference. There's, there's a difference. Yeah. One so, of them is your yeah. actual physiologic capacity. And the other is just because you want to tell your friends that you can hobble it. Let's set a cutoff. I mean, let's be nice. Maybe that is their actual physiologic capacity. No, I've seen their weight. There are probably a few people, <laughs> but barring the one limb, one limbed people yeah, okay. that you're referring to, I, I, maybe it's totally like pretentious and asshole of me to say that. No, not, not at all. If, I, if you're I, 40 I, pounds overweight and you have seven gels around your waist and you're hobbling up the hill, you didn't prepare. Or somebody sold you a bill of goods to get sure. you to buy that fucking belt that holds seven gels and <laughs> so, two fucking water bottles so, and said, if you wear this, you'll be ultra. Uh, but and the, then there, there's, you'll, there's you'll two things ultra. that are really... Uh, no, there's two things there. Or that mega. Are, I can't remember which it is. I mean, but. we're obviously talking about triathletes now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there is something like... There's this fear-based consumption. And this to roll this back into the Costco experience, 
That's what I'm experiencing that I hate so much is that consumption is usually a byproduct of not preparing correctly, like, or fear of not being prepared. Like, and that is the existence of Costco. That's the existence of wholesalers. That's the existence of why people have so much shit that they don't need. And why in, in states that are prone to receive hurricanes, they always keep a really good stock of half inch plywood at Home Depot. Exactly. Sorry. Like, no, I'd... no. I think that works. Like, I, I when when you see the person, especially because uh, Brian Harder hit on this when he, you know, took a jaunt jog with his shorts and maybe a shirt and, you know, no water, no gel, no nothing, and he ran up a a mountain like normal people should be able to do, and he ran into a couple that bought all their shit out of an REI catalog or whatever. There, there's like an expression on their face. And they don't understand, like, the, those are two humans that aren't understanding each other because one is scared and the other is capable. And I think when you go to a race, it's the perfect environment to see who's scared and who's capable. Like, take out who cares who wins, who cares about times or any of the data. It's something so important to recognize whether you're scared or capable. So let me, can I bring this back to the yeah. Carl Meltzer thing? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. Philosophically, mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate that because... It helps me to understand why I'm seeing it. Yeah. But I became disinterested with seeing that half. And I asked myself several years ago, I said, if you brought a billion dollars to Usain Bolt and you said, I want you to run a 9.5 flat. He's like, dude, your money means nothing. I can't do that. My capacity is such that I, and thus far, nobody else has ever been able to achieve that. So I went to a longer time domain and I said, okay, Hashim El Garouche or whoever sealed the 343 mile right now mm-hmm. somebody very fast and I say here's a billion dollars go break a 342 he's like no I can't there's nothing in that domain that I could have done to alter it if you keep asking uh, that question I'll, I'll take your money and try <laughs> right <laughs> at some on point on my yacht that I'm going to buy with <laughs> it and I'm going to I'm going to put a 400 meter track around the perimeter of my yacht and that's how I'm going to train yeah Above shark-infested waters or some shit. I don't know. Because you're cooler. Well, no, because I have a fucking billion dollars. (laughs) Oh, that's the reward for me doing it, not like my budget for trying. (laughs) (laughs) And and, And I will give you a penalty... You don't get paid anything in the process, but if you do it, you get all this. Okay? Man. Right? Okay. At, at some so point, I can't do it. So if, at some point, we're at the, the two-hour marathon. So now yeah. we're in the two-hour time domain. Right. And you say, break two hours. No one has been able to crack that yet in capacity. No one arrived at the finish line and said, I would have had it, but I had a blister. I would have had it, but my gut was hurting. They're saying, <laughs> no, I couldn't go faster. Yeah. Go to the very far end of the spectrum. You've passed Lodija, and now you're at a 46-day event. And you go talk to Carl Melzer. And you say, you did 46 days. For a billion dollars, could you have done 45? And he'll say, heck yeah. Any point on that course, I could have sprinted 200 meters to gain me a little bit. Mm-hmm. When recovered. Let, let me take, let's say he's not trying to break the course record. He, right. he did what he did. That was his capacity. But, but he also has analyzed the shit out of where he could make up time. Yes. And, and he did, and that was his third attempt. And he had gone very far in breaking, trying to break that record twice before, once he DNF'd the other, whatever. But at any point in the race, you could have said, could you, for a $10,000 check right this second, run a seven-minute mile? Absolutely. 
He'd say, yes. I'm like, so you weren't running at your capacity. You were running to manage 50 other things that might have broken down if you did that. Exactly. That's too far out there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find the time domain where I can eliminate my concern. Of the hygiene pieces. The hygiene the, and breakdown. The, and the breakdown, right. I don't want to manage and, that. You, just, you want to test only capacity. Yes. In a time domain that... that um, wherein you can actually the, it, the other stuff is controllable the other things that that might cause breakdown if if the time domain was doubled let's say let's mm-hmm. go to 18 hours and all of a sudden then it's then it's saddle sore or there's saddle issues there's contact point whatever issues, it is it's food issues it's that but but at this distance you feel like you can manage enough of the external stuff that you are only testing physical and psychological capacity yes here, that is where I'm interested. I, and here, here's why I find uh, wow. the, the hypothetical, <clears throat> I think, is more important. From, from where I come from when we're talking about efforts, your hypothetical where you come from is first you're assuming that money is the driver of everybody's effort. And I don't think that... Actually, like, in those early domain ones, mm-hmm. the th- uh, 100 meter... It makes sense for Usain Bolt. Give, like, like, give, shake a gold chain and he'll go fast. But I'm saying... Whatever. At the capacity-based yeah. efforts up to a certain time domain, any prize is inadequate because it is beyond their capacity. I'll give you one. So yeah. the reason I might try to find out what I'm my capacity is is because it might unveil a secret of whatever we're doing here. That's something that's more valuable than anything that you can offer any person. An answer into whatever our brain is doing, our mind, whatever you want. Like, materialistically or or supernaturally that that is the driver behind most of my physical efforts is because it feels like it gets close to something like mm. when you're at your limits every, nothing else matters like you're right like i don't care if i shit myself i don't care like all of that stuff is just superficial and the only people who care about the embarrassment of looking gross uh, or like experiencing discomfort are are totally unwilling to go to the place that you receive some kind of and this is you know bordering on metaphysical but you're receiving some kind of universal information by seeing what you're capable of and that i think is always human wise has been the most valuable thing for humans like throughout time that is like where's the edge of the universe where's the edge mm-hmm. of my ability where's the like that is value the gold that they were after or whatever was just kind of like the the shiny lure that they could use as a material excuse to risk everything. I and, agree. And and yeah. maybe that maybe that that that's impossible to translate to somebody or it's impossible to um articulate in a in a way where they would go, "Oh yeah, I get it." Because most people don't have meaningful experiences. But if you have one that's transcendental, that, that is of, of mystical experience, something that illuminates a truth about the universe. Or about yourself. Or, exactly. And that is the same thing because the universe only exists in our head, right? That our, mm-hmm. like, when we die, the universe fucking goes away. You can look at it either way, right? Mm-hmm. Our experience is only a, a, attached to this conscious experience. So in which case, that's the only important part about this is how I'm experiencing it. You know, I, I, I said, probably in some email somewhere to somebody, 
<laughs> which really narrows it down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I said, I said, I, I value capacity and tolerance, mm. intensity and duration, though I personally prioritize a powerful motor first and then a big gas tank, big fuel tank. Mm. And for me, I don't want to devalue someone else's amazing 30-day effort. Mm -hmm. Acknowledging that their management dealt with hygiene and a different type of will and sleep deprivation and, and on and on and on. I'm not devaluing that. Mm -mm. I simply have these slivers of interest and several shiny ones that are of different time domains that I often, no, I want that one. No, this one today. But, but whatever that time domain is, I don't want to devalue someone else's amazing accomplishment. I'm simply trying to find the one or ones for me that I can find my ability based purely on capacity. At some point, I find myself wanting to go longer and longer and longer, acknowledging that that is no longer pure capacity, but management. Mm. I also value it. I can't do them all, so I'm picking and, and where, a nine-hour, eight-hour event. Right, and where you're going to get the best performance out of yourself, let's just say over this timeline of your life, is the one that you spend the most time focused on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so if it's been, if it's 17 times that this, you know, sort of nine-hour, eight to ten-hour, you know, domain time domain, well, that's the one that you know the most about. Mm -hmm. And the one that you can perform the best at because it is the most practiced. And I would also say mm -hmm. because you've removed all the elements that interrupt your experience. Like I've tried. Yeah, yeah. you've managed them mm -hmm. all out. So therefore your pure experience is effort. When other people like and I would even use like the uh, RPI that we did in August, uh, like his experience was different than mine because I hadn't removed all of that. Like I was facing management issues. Crap. Like, yeah, yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. In, inappropriate yeah. preparation. I was facing the like just the like most oh i was level. unprepared also <laughs> but but i, I but, was just more prepared <laughs> more prepared than i and that, that that's hard to like when someone people are like why do you want to go back and do that well because i want to have an experience that's pure that where I, my i'm focused on my effort and managing my brain in the effort not managing these like muscle cramps and food issues and like the excuses to quit that that stuff should go away during pure experiences and I, I think like you'll find for me a pure experience is like 45 minutes to 90 minutes that's where i have no other problems and i can just put out pure effort okay so i'm glad you said that mm. i agree with that this is why we define endurance on average beyond 90 minutes mm -hmm. but i'm old right <laughs> I'm not the 28-year-old sure. raw athletic. I, I was never that. Let's not pretend. <laughs> but but I can't even rely on the youthfulness of just genetic ability. Mm -hmm. So I need to extend the duration that my capacity must involve will. Mm -hmm. So it's physiologic capacity coupled with tolerance and willpower because the 22-year-old, 90% mm -hmm. of the time, can beat me physiologically mm -hmm. for 90 minutes. Yeah, let's extend it just long enough that I'm not dealing with management except my head. Yeah. Uh, uh, along with all the physiology. And I don't want to go too far. Right. 
but it, that's I, I love hill climbs that are 15 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour that is what the fuck m- is wrong with you <laughs> By the way, Sean Kingry says hello. <laughs> Seriously, he just uh, texted. Um, Hi, but, Sean. Which, <laughs> which, which takes to to like this idea of the the Rockwell thing and trying to do wait, that. Wait, hold on, I, I want to go to that direction. Okay. Uh, you want to answer <laughs> Keegan first, and this will give me the opportunity. Like, I have had to piss like a fucking racehorse oh, for the last okay. hour, but I didn't want to leave because this has been so good. <laughs> so, so just use your fuck, can. Fuck with <laughs> Keegan. Don't use my water bottle dude, though, because I dude, won't uh, that's a. I need a wide mouth. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I've peed twice since we've been here. Okay. <laughs> So, so just practicing just, for later, just practicing, right, just in training. I you know, like I, if I could just shit myself and walk around, you so, know, or, like I'm gonna answer, you got about get, ten more years. Yeah, so. okay, exactly. I'm going to answer this. Ouch, Mark, Keegan, really? Mark, Sorry. Am I, do I look that old? Not at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go pee. <laughs> you go pee, and I'm going to answer this. Yeah, you do, you fuck with him, but I'll I'll need but, to recap when I get back. But I have to. <laughs> so. I want to talk a tiny bit in response to that. Sorry, I got thrown off by Mark's hair band. <laughs> <laughs> Did Michael do that? <laughs> I saw you with it. Now I got some. So nice. Did- Interesting. Did Michael do that? It's like, what are you bringing me into this for? He's the hairdresser. I I, I know this. Uh, I know some people use this idea of sensory deprivation and solitary exertion. I really do that. I put myself in a dark room. I don't talk to people. I often have no music, no fan, no lights, nothing. Because I think it requires greater focus. You'll see how this is only reinforcing your evidence that things <laughs> are fucked up. Sure. I, I, uh, I just want to explore something deeper. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, what is it that's holding me back? from something i don't even know what it is but i want to find those depths and then when i get out on a six a 10 hour a 45 minute course i've stared at the wall Mm -hmm. suddenly everything is beautiful and i just removed one more variable Mm. i don't need a stimulus to be entertained i don't need encouragement because this is already encouraging more than the brick wall Mm. and i also trained myself probably to my kidney damage no hydration for extended periods. It's not that easy for a person like me to lose 10 pounds in an hour of sweat, but I can. Right. That's a bad thing. Right. It's, it's, was your question, why am I fucked up or how? how? <laughs> I suppose how? they probably go hand in hand. They, they, I, I don't have a great answer. My, and uh, I didn't mean it in a bad way. No, no, I take it as a compliment. Okay. Being fucked up is kind of. <laughs> Because I I don't want to compare the two because I think it's totally different. But like when you were here for the seminar and I was doing the thousand calories on the Concept 2 bike and everybody thought I was out of my mind, like A, it wasn't hard for me. B, I enjoyed the solitude of being alone, you know, with headphones in or nobody in the gym or, you know, whatever. And just being alone with myself and figuring out what the fuck's in my own head. And that was kind of, I mean, it's not the same because you're also experiencing some level of pain going up hills for 15 to 60 minutes in the middle of an, a race that's eight to nine hours long. And I'm just sitting on a stationary bike in the comforts of a gym, but you got to start somewhere. 
And that was kind of just my like work through shit in my head. Yeah. And to be totally honest, four hours outdoors is way easier than four hours indoors. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's distraction. But what I think, what I think that the similarity is endurance allows you the ability to introspect. And that, like, it's no, there's very few people that I've met that are very good at efforts that are long who are dumb. Like, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, it's easy to go hard for short periods. You just like, yes, sir. Uh huh. Like, the, for the, put the pedal to the to, metal. To, and then, to reinforce that, mm-hmm. you should go look at the candidates for the Barkley Marathon. Not in modern years when they no. made it a joke. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like 70% masters and PhDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you, it takes a singularly focused, mm-hmm. like, OCO. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which Mark can explain. Uh, it takes a bizarre person to want to do endurance events. And they happen to sometimes be the same people that are into, I can tunnel vision myself into this academic realm for 12 years. Uh, but, but my argument is that it's not a bizarre person or it's not a weirdo. It's actually somebody like it's an innately human person. Like somebody, this is, this has to be a genetic expression of evolution somewhere. Like there is a natural selection in people who are willing to go explore and do things outside, like, well, well within inside the realms of risk. Otherwise, we wouldn't have migrated as humans. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done any of that stuff. So, mm. when, yeah, now Are those the outliers, though, or is that no, no, really the norm? How, so, nowadays, yes, that is weird when we look at populations, but we are artificially, um, we are artificially populated. Like there are checks and balances and uh, civilization allows even the weakest people to survive today. That's not a mechanism of natural selection. Um, Or maybe it is because we're just talking about populating genetics or whatever you want to put it. But for whatever reason, there's, there's a human who is capable, uh, not risk adverse um, and highly adaptable in that those are the basis for our genetics. Like those are the ones that succeeded naturally. Now we're overrun by a population that doesn't have necessarily that that inkling, but there's nothing to select them off. So they're they're just with us. So now the people that are of that temperament are the weirdos. But I don't think mm-hmm. when we're talking about the species, I don't think that's I don't think the people that go to Costco and overconsume those are necessarily the survivors. Like, yeah, they'll have all the stuff, but then they don't know how to actually endure anything because they don't know how to be without comfort. Yeah. Maybe that's probably not. Maybe that's we're, no, I, I didn't think so. I don't think people that are fucked up in this way mm-hmm. are necessarily bizarre. Mm-hmm. We tend to be not the meat of the population. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're, the, we're the fringes. And why or how? I don't know. I, I do like being different, but I'm not even doing this to broadcast. Like, like what Nate, I do. You, you can't help yourself. <laughs> no, but but what I mean is, I mean, what I mean is. I mean, actually, I don't think any of us can. But. <laughs> I, I, it, it's probably some internal. It is my antidepressant. It is mm-hmm. my draw. It is my thing, and I don't do it to get more friends. I'm alone. <laughs> Sure. Uh, but you're right. I need to Wait, do but it. You have tried to invite people over to the garage to train. and 
It's true. Seeking friends. And <laughs> sure, I've like, tried. I, mean, I have tried. Is, is that how you lose friends? <laughs> no, I usually, to be totally honest, I think there's two pieces. A, I become disappointed in their effort because I am doing something wholly different. Yeah. And if I want to be surrounded by people, they have to make me say, wow, I need to do much more. Not, oh, that's awesome showmanship, but I'm really not that interested in that. And the other side is that I'm competitive. And the more you surround yourself with me, I'm bringing you up. And fuck you. I worked really hard to be this screwed up. Yeah. I'm keeping it for myself. I mean, there is, it's an interesting thing because when we talk about sort of controlling the environment, look, and I want to be in a, in a position, you know, in an environment where people are, you know, I don't want them to be like light years better than me because that's a gulf that I can't cross and yeah, I don't find yeah. it inspirational, but, you know, you know, better than me to the extent that it brings me up. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I can find in my various interests plenty of people <laughs> better than me mm-hmm. to you know put in an environment or put myself in their environment to to to, to improve myself to yeah. learn more this and that in this specific context of like this type of effort for these durations i hypothesize that it is very difficult for you to find people to put into your environment that will raise you up you are more likely to find people for whom you are inspiration, who you drag up, who necessarily by their existence drag you down mm-hmm. or, you know, at least don't inspire you to do anything but what you can already do. And mm. that's, a you know, the flip side of controlling the environment is like once you get super capable, you're going to be fucking alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely agree. The one place that I've found at least since I've declined in my fitness where that's no longer true as a hill. Mm -hmm. And then I like to ride with people, but only some. Mm -hmm. Because A, the finding is I will push myself to new heights, which I want because Mm -hmm. they're better. Yeah. But now I'm also exposing them to how hard I will push. They're like, wow, you're not getting that for free. You are burying yourself to match me. And I'm like, dang it. He sees how hard I train. She sees how hard I train. I better back down. And so I'll use it selectively in part. Uh, that, that's maybe. But, but that's a, mis, a, a misuse of the competitive spirit, Nate. That's true. And it depends because, who because and where training, and why. Because training is not competition. And because that person's probably not going to be there in hour eight when, you know, yeah, as, this is as true. a threat to your thing or whatever. Y- yes. Uh, the, the other thing. And I want to talk about the Rockwell issue yeah. and maybe OCO, but yeah. let me say one other little, <laughs> one other little piece of this. It's that I pride myself on my hyper organized life. Yes. I train when others are unwilling to train. I rarely sacrifice time away from my two daughters and my wife, which means I cannot come home tired. I cannot take an extra nap. I cannot give the appearance that my personal pursuits robbed from anything, which means I gave up every other hobby. And those people who are interested in riding with me, they still get to go out on the weekend and do all their fun and do whatever. And I do not want to provide benefit to those people 
who do who have willing. He have no idea the sacrifice that I put out because when I go home, I'm washing dishes with my wife side by side every single time. I do all my own laundry. I asked my wife the other day. She says, we've been married 19 years. I've never done a load of your laundry ever because I will do everything for myself. There's a downside to that. But in being so organized with everything, I'm not going to extol the benefit to another of how hard I had to get to match you on half your time. This lends to my idea of what the most important training equipment is. Like the absolute, if we had to decide what one piece of equipment was the most important, it's the fucking vacuum. It keeps everything else balanced. (laughs) It balances Uh, a lot. Two reasons. Nature (laughs) abhors a vacuum, and so do people. And the organization that comes from that puts everything else in line. And people are like, oh, it's an OCD thing, or it's a, you know, it's a, uh, you're, you're whatever you are by liking tidy things and neat things. It's not to the, you know, it's not to that disorder. It's that it sets everything else up so that you can have an experience. But it also, like, that was a, incredible to hear that that okay i'm I'm going to you know engage in my personal pursuits but that i have organized it in such a way and and i do it in such a way that it not this is not me speaking using your voice that I, i do these things and it doesn't take anything it doesn't rob anything from the other from the important people in my life and that I think is something which is fundamentally misunderstood by most people as, as an important thing, because I know the times that I've, you know, not every single time because there were so many of them, you know, that, that I came home and I was unable to contribute to the household environment in a meaningful way. Look, I need to shower. I need to nap. I need to eat a bunch of food. I need to nap again. And if like the house needs to be vacuumed, I thought you were referring to the Hoover as opposed to... I was. You know, okay. Um, <laughs> the physical <laughs> real... <laughs> the physical and the existential the vacuum. <laughs> vacuum, yeah. Um, and if that needs to happen or dishes need to happen, you know, need to be cleaned or whatever, I'm uncap- incapable because I just fucked myself up in pursuit of my own, you know, recreational ambition, which was me, you know, just jerking off outside instead of in the bedroom. I mean, it's just like... I need to take wow, up a new our, sport. Our, our behavior... <laughs> No matter what, it affects other people. But we can manage these, you know, singular, somewhat demanding pursuits that we have in such a way that we aren't having a negative effect on other people's, you know, around us, in close proximity to us. We're not having a negative effect on their lives or their experiences. That's the, like, that's the, a really... The key downside, is, uh, a, a an important downside yeah. of that is um yeah you don't get to have friends i get it i'm actually i don't even get it for that much of a downside but although i don't miss a dance recital or a swim meet or a swim practice or yeah. anything and i don't even show fatigue when i'm there i'm engaged and i'm happy and blah 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 my daughters don't get to see just how hard i work to make up sure for my competitors who can train twice as much and i am defensively proud I'm not if I had 20 hours I would try and train 20 hours but I don't 
Therefore, I must train in 10 or 11 in which my competitor could train leisurely in the middle of the day his 15. Right. I will develop a stronger mind to beat that person because they had it easy. In quotes. Well, the the time factor is, is an important thing because given that somebody has the, like, the constraints, and this happens with art as well, like creativity can't happen until it's contained a little bit. And I think focus can't happen until it's contained a little bit. Because you're limited on time, your attention to detail has to be much more precise. Therefore, your performance is better. Because given if we take all the things away, like just say, oh, I'm independently wealthy, no more job. Um, your kids are grown up, so you don't have to focus on that. You have all the time in the world. Well, what happens is that 20 hours, you You'll get f- 11 hours of quality in 20. So you just dilute the amount of t- like the amount of focus in that 20 hours. <clears throat> yeah. At yeah. least that's what I find with myself is yeah, if I, you know, if I don't have time, I think very very intently about how I'm going to spend my time because there is none to give away. So, wow, training thanks for sessions, saying that. I am very focused. Training sessions become hyper focused. And now I'm wor- now, now I'm focused and this is like I can only train in jiu-jitsu 6 hours a week. That's all I get. That's it. So, I notice people that are there every single day. Um, they go to, you know, sometimes twice a day. They're training all the time, but they're not really training. They're just there. They're present. Because when we're doing sessions, and even if it's just drilling, after like three attempts at one fucking technical move, they're like, yeah, I got it. No, you don't. Like I watched Johnny do this a thousand times, and he still doesn't think he has it. What makes you think you fucking have it in three times? But that's how people treat time when they have lots of it. Well, it's just abundant and no one gives a shit. So nothing actually gets done, but you contain it. And now my hour in there is specific. I'm going to drill it as many times. I'm going to walk out exhausted because my brain is exhausted because I've thought about every angle that I could because the next chance I get to do this is, I don't know when. Yeah, it's an upside. Mark, do you remember when we first said the whole OCO thing? I don't remember exactly. It was, it was... In, it, I don't. Keegan, have you ever heard us use the term OCO? I don't think so. It it, it is. Um, I can't remember exactly how we said it or who even might have coined it between us. And, and perhaps it was the decades before us. But the the point was, is sometimes in my overthinking nature. In case you didn't know, I overthink things. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, I I bury myself in details. And I can obsess about doing things right. And in many contexts, that is obsessive compulsive disorder. But the D disorder suggests and implies that it is somehow negatively impacting other aspects of your life. Right. The, the obsessive compulsiveness. Yes. Yeah. And when you obsessively com- are compelled to be obsessed about something in a productive way... Mm-hmm. Why call it a disorder? It is an order. It, I am obsessively, compu- obsessively compulsive, compulsive, orderly. Yes. <laughs> I, I, have, I have OCO, obsessive yeah. compulsive order. order. And, and my point on this, when I think when it originally came up, because um, I was fretting a little bit about like needing the bills in my wallet to be in a certain order. And I just realized, like, it's exactly what Nate said. This is actually helping me. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> because the ones are, you know, and I open the wallet up, the ones are on the left, the hundreds are on the right. Hundreds? <laughs> we have a different wallet. 
I, well, I was going to say, calling I, it obsessive compulsive disorder is the fucking opposite of what it actually yes. is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The disorder is the, the, the disorder is comparing washing his hands person. repeatedly, repeatedly, You're repeatedly. Like, can't go to work because he's got to lock the door every two minutes. Or, when it serves no purpose. Right. right. Yeah. Or, if, or I've got to stop on my way to work until a car with the number seven in the license plate drives by and then I can start driving again. Yeah. That's but a then disorder. if one that goes by with the five in it, I got to pull over and stop. <laughs> I don't know about and you, then, but I don't step exhausting. on cracks because it, I, I just, don't want to break my mom's back. <laughs> well, that just makes sense. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. useful. So I have I have OCO. By the way, I put here because you, we talk about overthinking quite a bit, but I put I overthink because I undercomprehend. <laughs> like, it's like that, there is a purpose to it. Like, yeah, I can't help it. It's a compulsion. But uh, like, what's the answer? Is just like being willfully I, like ignorant. I don't think that's an option. Just like I don't think it's an option to not do whatever effort you're compelled to do. Are, are you familiar with the Dunning-Kruger effect? Yeah. Well. This this whole idea that, to, to paraphrase if you're not that familiar with it, it, in general, people who know less about a topic mm. believe themselves to know much, much more about it. And those who are more learned in whatever that word can mean, physically, socially, academically realize how little they know. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, hey, I don't know anything. And so those masters in, in a class of whatever it is, climbing, academics, whatever. If you're a master, you know how little you know. If you're an idiot, you think you know everything. Right. I know I don't know that much. That's why I dig so deep. Mm. And I figure the better I can understand every possible angle and parameter of my ambition helps better ensure that I understand the core. Mm. And then I know what knobs to turn and pull and twist to get the little micro effects that lead to the outcome I want. Mm. That's why I'm a tweaker. That's why I have OCO because I want it. It is not a disorder. I want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine it being any other way. Like, I don't... Everybody in this room is like that. Yeah, everybody who basically comes into this room is like that. <laughs> yes. For for good reason. I mean, maybe that's the... It's We like to think that it's physical effort and philosophical and artistic, you know, connections that run between it, but maybe it is something just as simple as... <laughs> it might just be a hormonal imbalance. <laughs> 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 to, to bookend this nicely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what's your problem? I have a hormone problem. Hormone. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. I I I I one of the things that that has come up over the course of the our relationship, Nate. Um when I when I think about overthinking and I think about cuz I mean I've 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 been the organic training guy. I've been the numbers and wires and data guy to the extent that I can be. And um, can right now kind of like the, as we talked about at the symposium, I'm the don't give a fuck guy. I'm like, there's three types of training. There's, you know, there's just, there's JRA, which is just riding around. There's points when I try. And then there's points when I try hard. I don't think and, it's so different from the quantitative. Okay. For the record. 
so this is that then we can actually have a discussion about this. which is why i took my power meter off i don't need it but you don't need it now because you had it for so long um but 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 this idea of like some there, there were points um when you know we were having discussions and I, and I was just like i think the obsession with numbers is actually you know yes you're overthinking yes you're overanalyzing yes it's because you want it and it's and it has proven to take you to to, to help you overcome specific objectives that you've encountered in the past but then i think and i'm actually kind of gleeful that you've taken the power meter off um because i think um those things have actually the, the like the, the 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 number crunching has narrowed your vision or desensitized you to some other things but if you've at a point right now where you've kind of taken the power meter off and going a bit more by the feeling that you are mm-hmm. chasing because you know what i mean yeah i need to know i need to like in we you know talk about this you know the holy grail of interval workouts the 34 30 times 12 you know mm-hmm. at 175% of the you know the pro, the ramp test product um you need to have some kind of measuring devices in order to do that particular workout but i think for the most part for all of us in here well there's the one side that having used the numbers part enough we don't necessarily need it anymore um i will need to go back to it because i've spent too long with my three zone system and interject a sliver and i'll let you finish i don't think you need to i do all my hard intervals six minute eight minute one minute 30 second anything you still gotta have a watch I have a watch. Okay, so you need a measuring device. I do need that. That's, I don't use. So, I don't so, use power. So I'm consistent. I mean, I'm. I'm. That's what I was saying. There's. You still. You know, if we're trying to focus on specific intervals, like we're doing very structured training, we do need to have some measuring devices or some yeah. measurements, yeah. right? It can't just be by like oh, I think that was thirty seconds, <laughs> or I think that was five minutes. Of course, you're. You know, you're always going to short it so if it's hard. Eight hundred watts for fifteen minutes. I just did it the other day. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a watch or a power or, meter, but or uh, or I'm even, not sure I was on a bike, but. It, I did it. I, yeah, I but I did, I did it. Up, I did so, it up here. So, so there, there, we do need to have some of these tools. But then, ultimately, like at, at some point, more tools is less is is less helpful. More analysis is less helpful because because you know in yeah you can break down um the power requirements and the speed requir- requirements of every specific section of this particular ch- of, lo- of, of Loda Jeff, for example. But at hour eight, those numbers might not be relevant I, compared I use them to other things disc- that are going yeah, on. I use them descriptively, and, yeah. not prescriptively. Nice. I, I will say, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and 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 this is and this is not critical in any way. It's just like okay, when when you've been like when I've been focused too much on what I thought was you know maybe too structured and like I was too obsessed about that and I'm like okay, fuck it, I'm gonna get rid of the heart rate monitor because because yeah. it's not helping me right now. In fact, it might be a you know it might be a limitation. I mean, it came there's a, a, a recall in 2003 a conversation with Greg Glassman who was talking about the use of heart rate monitors as effort limiters being in a sort of an egregious you know insult to the quest for fitness 
And, you know, okay, if intensity is your bias, then using a heart rate monitor to sort of, oh, I don't want to go above this heart rate because, okay, mm -hmm. if intensity is the bias, then obviously the heart rate monitor used in that particular context is wrong. And, but the heart rate, mon you know, let, let's just say the measuring device used by the experienced person is not going to be the one who's looking for something to limit themselves, but maybe, okay, I, maybe I need to use it to limit myself on this particular day, which is a recovery day. Cause I just had three hard days in a row. And no matter what I'm training with my friends, no matter what they want, I need this device to remind me what I want and need on this particular mm -hmm. day. Okay. So there's, so there's, there's the, 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 the tool is, can, can be useful in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think ultimately, if I, if I can't, I mean, and we've talked about the tools on the podcast before being certain being limiters, you know, if, if I mean, and the, and the classic example is Kingry, mm. um, you know, looking down on the power, you know, he's in, the, he's chasing the break and he's, or he's with, he's, he's in the break, if I recall correctly, looks down, sees that his, you know, his heart rate monitor uh, is registering on his bike computer at two beats per minute higher than his Max record tested. <laughs> his, his, his tested maximum output. And then obviously the brain goes, Oh my God, the next thing that happens, if I go three beats higher, I, I, I just explode. I, and I wouldn't want to explode and hurt people around me. So I'm going to, you know, back down a little bit. So the tools can be limitations, but you know, limiters, but they can also be the thing that, that sort of holds us accountable for our natural tendency towards yeah, you, um, I, I, I want what I want the root natural tendency towards laziness is what I want to say, but I won't. I will, or I did. Our natural <laughs> tendency towards greater efficiency. Yeah, you know that's that's such a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> the, what, well, uh, for only for people who get it. <laughs> so the where I have landed now after these a number of years. I haven't used a heart rate monitor literally in 10 years. Okay. I don't, I'm sure I still have one with a battery. I don't know. <laughs> I, I use a power meter very sparsely. I don't trust them at all really because they're also variable and they flake in and out and they're up and down. But I use it as a computational tool to help me set bounds for what's possible. Because I arrived at an 812 at Lodija not having experienced an 812. I just said, I know from historical things based on what they did and they did and they did and I did on all these segments that let's say my estimate is wrong and instead of being 300 watts, it requires 250 or 450. The, my estimate is irrelevant. I now have a time target that will simply be my feedback at every point on the course because I'm not going to ride it with a power meter. Mm. I don't, in the end, I don't care was the number 300. No, I can just tell people who are familiar, it was probably about 300 for the entire course. And when you get to the top of the hill and you're like, I'm six minutes behind. I didn't hold 400 or whatever. I didn't hold the watts. Oh, great. Thumbs up. Could I have done anything different? If the answer is yes, then change and use the feedback to do it. But most of the time, if you're on a time trial course for nine hours, there's not a whole lot you can do. 
So why even provide the bias of watts or heart rate or anything else? Just write it as hard as you can for the duration. And in and in yourself. In yourself, within the pacing Noticing you've practiced. Yourself. I do this and, yeah. internal monitoring is what I tell my wife. It's just like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm monitoring. It is conscious internal monitoring, but she, I don't have a heart rate monitor or a power meter. I do tend to keep a speedometer and almost always a clock. Because how do I know if I rode... If I hiked up Grandeur Peak, oh, 50 minutes is my best, and 58, oh, I'm not as good today. So and this is this is what effort kind of literally affords you, is you are an observer of whatever this experience is. And so pure efforts kind of, or pure experiences are of that sort, mystical experiences, whatever you want to say, that people have, this oneness that they have is almost a separation from their body. And that, that's how you're describing your observance of your own effort. Like you're in a little control tower and the feedback comes and you produce X, Y, and Z, but a computer takes that away. It takes some of your observance away or the reliance on your observance or the, the, the yeah, purity no, no, I of think your it, feedback. I, honestly, I think it re- often the more tools you have, the, the, the greater the reduction in your personal sensitivity. Yeah, yeah you I, rely on those exactly. as a crutch. And then your prescription uh, detail was... A really interesting thing because I think in order to have a pure experience, a pure experience isn't quantitative, it's qualitative. You never talk about how like X, you know, your, your experience wasn't um, for this duration or whatever. It was of this quality if it was worth having. Yeah. Uh, if it was in line with the observance that you wanted to have with it. Mark, I wanted to say one other point about this. The argument I've had most in the last five years is I've declined my my hours Mm -hmm. and sort of hovered back down at this 400 hour per year mark is that when I ride Farmington, which is probably my favorite repeatable canyon Mm. on a fat bike or cross bike. Okay. Because first of all, if you ride from the pond to the top, it's 5,000 nonstop feet. Yeah. A, it kicks your ass in any condition. Yeah. But the... I, I like it best on a really hot Saturday when there's a <laughs> lot of, you know, Dust. off-road vehicles out there. No. I, I'm up Wait. too early, so I never actually. I a see lot those. of razors. There yeah. are a lot of razors, and I've seen them in on the, the winter, and it's, it's nuts. Yeah. But I get up past the nine-mile mark, just yeah. the gate. Yep. I get up, and I get up to just above three thousand vertical feet. That's where the battle begins. And a power meter and a heart rate monitor, don't matter. Are, they don't matter one bit. Yeah. The argument is all, am I going to push through this or am I not? What benefit am I receiving? And what am I reinforcing or de-enforcing? Is that a word? I like it. Yeah. it Whatever it is, it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's what's important yeah. is my psychological response to that. And I don't need a power meter or heart rate monitor. But you do need... A, you know, there's a certain amount of time or a certain amount of expenditure required to put yourself in the place where that matters. And you, and ideally that gets for, and you know, with training that moment of when the questions start, when the internal negotiation begins, cause yeah, up to the gate, no big deal. 
When you're 225, but, it's a big deal. Oh. <laughs> okay. Keegan, it's, it's a big impossible. deal. No, he could. He could no, no, no sh- it's not. Don't, it's don't, not. Put, don't put that in his head. No, put that, come on. No, no, can, what I meant is. How are we going to trick him into going up there now, No, man? no, it's. Uh, we'll tell him it's Bountiful Canyon. It'll be easier. Canyon's not a big deal <laughs> yeah. at all. What I, I know the was, difference anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever dragged a plow? <laughs> That's a big deal. You're not going to have that problem, so it's actually pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you a plow? <laughs> I don't have any idea what's going on. It, it's, right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good hill, but all that sort of circles back to me. This this overarching thought is my background, my understanding, my expertise is exceptionally quantitative, and I don't right. mean only that I can be exceptional at the task, but it is highly influenced by that underpinning. Yes, but it has evolved bad word no, it, it, in no this longer, case I, no not, longer banned we don't you know right. we noticed I, when we wrote banned words down we used them more often because we kept looking at them and yeah. then all i could think was like don't say evolve evolve but i truly evolve. mean it in this context yeah after enough experience and time and sort of development of immaturity perhaps some kind of development mm-hmm. I'm after the psychology, which was the whole seminar, which was the whole thing. Is <laughs> if you want the numbers, I got the numbers. Mm-hmm. You probably can't find someone better equipped to talk about the numbers. There are a few. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's disinteresting yeah. to me. What is interesting to me today is how you apply that in your mind. Yes, and have you pre-constrained yourself to a limit because of numbers? Almost every time. We, you almost always do. Yeah. No, if you if if you measure it, I think it becomes a limitation, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I push towards one hour efforts. I push towards nine hour efforts. The thirty three, thirty six, thirty, whatever it is, that is an unknown to me. Because now I'm entering breakdown management zone. But it, and and it's and it's yeah. an interesting thing because I because th- I think when the topic of that initially came up was going as three people, but not. As a relay? Just just me and Dwayne, my cousin. Okay. What were you talking to Sean about? So that Another, was it. Okay. That was it. That was the event. I had... So so however that was meant, the, Sean's question to, you know, that he posed to me or the one piece that came out of that conversation was, how are you going to do this if you're not training 30 hours a week? Because to go, let's just say, from Logan, from Lodija at... You know, whatever the power output required is to hit the time. And let's just say, even at a nine hour time, it's there's a, there's this power requirement. And, and, and that's one thing in and of itself. But when you start talking about, you know, thinking like, okay, I, this, this event is so arduous that it could take 30, 36 30, hours. I don't know. Between 30 and 36 hours. So if the longest time you've ever been on a bike is the longest it ever took you to ride Lodija, which is 10 plus. If I was actively whatever. trying, yeah, more like, a, yeah, I'd say less than 10. Okay. So, so let's just say, but let's just say the lar- longest time you've been on a bike is 10, you know, stayed on a bike and continued pushing is for 10 hours to triple that. And maybe more is an enormous leap. And I think the numbers go out the window. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. Um, it, it except ones maybe you know 
conscious recognition that numbers yeah. are tied to these things. So, so my, so I, th- I think that, that the physical capacity part, um, in terms of like just pushing the pedals and tolerating pushing the pedals, you know, over and over again, um, you're fine. You're there. You're, you know, you, yeah. you've, you've, you've done your, you've done your 10,000 hours, Nate. <laughs> Dude, I'm almost there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've almost <laughs> arrived <laughs> and everything. And so, so, so the, the, there's that part, but I, but it'd be an interesting thing to see what happens at 15 hours. Actually, I don't think 15 hours will be a mission. It'll be 22 hours. It's going to be yeah. 20. I think it's going to, it's going to, there's, there's, some, there's some point there where, you know, let's just look, let's just back down from 36 and go, okay, where's the, the halfway mark even. And no, the where's, <laughs> no, cause, cause it's like, where is the half to 75% of the way there, Mark? The 50% to 75%. You know, because where is it that every... Where, yeah, where, the, yeah, the three-quarter three quarter is almost always the linchpin to most efforts. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter the duration, it's just like... Mm-hmm. So, so, so I, yeah, I can tell you I'm how trying. I've been mentally preparing for this. Okay. So first of all, it's just sort of mentally acknowledge. So right now, let's just mm-hmm. describe the tasks. because it's oh, So okay. it's Moab to okay. St. George on a bike. It's 525 miles. Yeah, uh, and an approaching 30,000 feet of gain um, in a solo, essentially non-drafted effort. Right. Um, because I, it has been done. The race has been held a bunch. And it's yeah. Been, it's, and it, it's it, like it is, a four-person relay that generally does it. You got it. I presume that there are some outliers who've done it as a two-person thing. No one has. No one, no one has done it two-person. No one's done it solo. But let's just start with... It's not that bad. People do RAM. People do other stuff yeah. way yeah. harder. So preset the possibility as it's 36 hours. Come on. People have ridden way, way more. So first of all, if you can get your head wrapped around that, which took one second. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. We're done. We know people have done five times that, 10 times right. that. The task is not that bad. Now I have to eliminate a series of things. Number one, acknowledge that I'm not going to try to do this one capacity-based because the other variables are too powerful. Management. The management of my feet, which is why you know I have to have some foot surgery to solve a a neurological problem. Neurological problem. Um, That's just a hormone thing, man. (laughs) It's hormones. (laughs) If you just stop eating Cinnabon, that'll go away. (laughs) But... Okay, what's going to break down physically first? It's funny how fucking closely tied Cinnabon is to hormones. (laughs) Both in my desire to eat it and also my inability to not eat it. it. So your feet, your hands, and your ass are going to fall apart. Yeah. No, let me restate that. And your shoulders and your neck. Okay. Um, In my optimistic world of not pre-limiting myself, Yes. I expect that some of the areas where I will experience discomfort, experience discomfort first (laughs) are those three primary contact points and the joints that suspend your neck and shoulders. Yeah. Forearms. Sometimes my, my arms get pretty bad to have gotten train for that Mm -hmm. and work to extrapolate. Okay. Time on task is going to be key, which is why I have a planned 15, 18 hour event in advance of it. Right. With, the same amount of climbing condensed. Mm. It's not even fair to call it the same climbing because 
Yeah, certain steep hills are a whole other bag of yeah. cats. <laughs> I said that because that's about the worst thing you can imagine. It, Any, it's a, the bag of cats. I was thinking yeah, reptiles. Something that but eats whatever. your face when you die. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, don't race it capacity based. Yeah. But I'm a quantitative sort of fellow. It'll be interesting. I would, you'll. I'm not concerned I, I, about the watts. Let's okay, say that. The okay, watts don't mean anything. And, and, and no matter what, because you are you, you're going to go out too hard. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I have worked on a strategy to try and keep that at bay. Okay. But I'm trying. First of all. Junior gears. Junior gears. <laughs> Make I'm, your crank out of actual glass. So I have, I, so I have a, my bike, I, I ride a 55 tooth because every, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially on their third chain ring. <laughs> the third? That's Whatever. I, so, um, I mean, we're making jokes so, about. So there are a couple of wait, strategies. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, some company makes a 55 tooth chain ring. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Shimano Dura Ace 9100 Super Black Awesome Crankset. Okay. Lots of people do. You can buy okay. 60s. I, I have an 84 yeah. tooth at home because I built an aerodynamically fair recumbent racing bike. <laughs> and, to, and you worked on that until you found out that there was no one else doing that event, so there's no one to race? No, I got disqualified <laughs> from this competition <laughs> because I had an adjustable fork rake so that I could in a competition compete by zigzagging between cones. And then during the time trial, I could rake it really far out so that you only can go in a straight line. It was a sort of a two-part competition. And at the inspection, the rake could slip. And that was a quote, safety concern. <laughs> Maybe riding 50 miles an hour on my back in a little carbon fiber wrapped pod. bullet yeah that should be the bigger safety concern yeah <laughs> in any case i didn't get to take it on the race and um, it's so it's you still a, got this 84 tooth chain ring somewhere. yeah it's at my house that'd be some serious <laughs> bling to wear around your neck <laughs> it's about it's yeah it's, it's I don't know. The, the, so, so keegan could wear it around his flame flame of cycling. Yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's about right, 14 inches in diameter it's a pretty good size ring it's not a clock maybe. but <laughs> if you know you know <laughs> in, in, in any case strategy a would be start an hour before anybody to limit that likelihood right. the competitive yes yes Dwayne and i go out side by side and just roll it early, knowing that later on in the race, 50, 60, 75% mark, because they stage the starts, mm. therefore the competitive people would start probably three hours behind us. And if you can stage it right, you'll be running into them. They will catch you from behind mm -hmm. late enough to have a rejuvenating. When you actually need the driver. I'm, I'm not relying on it. Mm. But it would be a nice optimistic piece if it worked. Mm. Option two is start one hour later than that early start mm. with the beginners. Because the beginners will inherently set a pace that is easily sustained for me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I have a hard time with that and be that option because I... I choose not to draft. But but it also means that uh, even if you weren't drafting with them, they might be going too slow. 
it, right. and, and you, and, up and, the hills. And you wouldn't necessarily notice. And so there's Because a you're in the group balance. and then you're just like, okay, I can't. Mm. Like I'm in a school of fish. So, and their behavior is affecting me in an unconscious way. So here's where I've landed. I've, after considering all of those. Do what Jared Campbell says. And don't care. Take what you get and go with it. Because something bad's going to happen anyway. Just be okay. So I, I've, I've chosen to adopt that starting point. Okay. I'll probably start an hour early to buy me time. And look, th- th- that sort of power duration curve plateaus out. Right. I'm not going to be going so hard early on that I, whatever damage it does, it's going to be hard at 10 hours and 12 hours. It's not going to further damage itself because by then the watts will have tempered themselves. Yeah, you can't. So I'm no longer going to be at terrible risk of cramping. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm going to be back to that problem of hands, feet, ass, neck. Yeah. Train that. Mm. And mind. <laughs> but I, the pacing, I'm not terribly worried. What if I go too hard? Who, who cares if in the first seven hours I'm a little <laughs> antsy on the hills? I have only 30 <laughs> hours to recover. Yeah. <laughs> or to pay. Depending on how. I don't like your attitude. That, that, that's, you're right. And I will, Someone's got to bring a certain level of pessimism to this whole thing. Yeah. It's, I think awareness yes. of your ability and the nature of the task, even not having done it. Yeah. Um, I'll put in some more centuries so that I'm familiar with what happens past six and seven hours rather than three and four. Mm. know that I'll temper the effort because I'm thinking about it. Right. And then be okay. Go into it with a positive attitude and say, yeah, pain's going to come, but it's pain. Embrace it. Humans like that. We're adventurers. And unlike Sean, um, this is a compliment to Sean, who seems at 20 hours in something let's go ride our bikes like he enjoys it at a more visceral level i actually think i have like some sort of a an snm problem with my bike like i'm being abused and abusing it it's not like a healthy thing so i'm trying to figure out who's dumb (laughs) it's the bike who's the top and who's the bottom the the bike it changes depending on the nature of the The bike is a power bottom literally by generating and so accumulating wattage it's under me however it's topping me i shouldn't have exchanged my seat for that dildo that was a bad idea you've seen pictures of this online right you can find pictures with In, in 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 any case if i go in happy and say hey it's okay I'm going to face the challenges. I don't have quite the gleeful optimism that Sean does. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I'm still me. I'll temper the Watts. And if I screw it up, oh, well, I learned. There'll be a greater <laughs> level of tolerance. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to go rail it at 400 watts for the first hour. So, <laughs> get so far ahead. That Dude, I'm no so one could far ahead. Possibly catch me until so, I... Stop. That, that, that's a fun one. When things <laughs> get through the whole when year. When is that? When is that event? June. Oh, or, gross. Around the 10th of June. Oh, the weather will be nice. Hot. It's down south. So it's, yeah, it's pretty warm. Yeah. It's in St. George. It gets to above 100. Yeah, yeah. I've seen 110, but I cope well with heat. Okay. So as you walked out for a minute, Mark, 
we did briefly touch on this idea of voluntary sensory deprivation training. Most people use it. Um, most people say they know what it is, but don't, don't actually do it. I, I, I at least taste a piece of it. And I train a lot in a weird, dehydrated, dark environment without stimulus. To eliminate that as a requirement for me to worry about. So if it gets hot, nah, I deal with heat. If it gets windy, nah, headwind's a headwind. Everyone deals with it. Usually they get to draft. <laughs> yes, exactly. I deal with it by getting behind Michael. <laughs> That's how I deal with the headwind. Michael does it by I getting can't get behind, behind you because you're too far up I the get road. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just go really slow. Yeah. So it's this the. the and we have a conversation. It's awesome. Yeah. He's our yeah. pacer. Yeah. <laughs> we temper our watts through Keegan. Through Keegan, up a hill, it works very well. I'm really good at JRA. <laughs> it, it, at the very end of the year, to you know what I think is going to be a fun one? Just two weeks after Lodija is uh, Salt to Saint. The course record's at 2156. It's about 425 miles. Yeah, we have talked about this before. And it is... A predominantly downhill course, I think total elevation gain is sub 14K. <laughs> That's a okay, folks, thing. just uh, <laughs> just to rewire your perspective, <laughs> it's predominantly downhill. There's only 14,000 feet of climbing over 425 miles. miles. It's a couple of bumps in the road. Essentially yeah. downhill. It's, I mean, you're, the, you you're can the coast the whole thing. I actually, consider, actually, just no, so no, no. You know, we're mathematically I, correct, I consider negative elevation gain downhill. No, is see, this how I've screwed this up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, what your your mistake there, Michael, is to not look at the map. And because we're going from north to south, we are going downhill. <laughs> oh, it's down. It's down. La- latitudinally is elevation, right? Uh, how do you? Not do, when, when do you look on a map? It's hanging on a wall. Of course, you're going downhill. It's a fucking radical 425 mile drop, as far as I'm concerned. It, like, be careful of terminal velocity, man. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, the, the tortuous path sort of tempers that. Right. Too, right. But, okay. Because yeah. you got to steer, and that like takes scrubs a little speed every corner you go around so, and shit like so, that. Yeah. So take this snapshot in a slightly broader, broader picture. Okay. F- forget about the prior. 17 years of development mm-hmm. to arrive at the mindset to tackle these that that takes time yes I, other people are great at shortcutting that at least in part but i'm where i'm at i deal with that this year i'll fiddle around do some kind of funny efforts go after a couple of koms or or my own prs on some time trial stuff in june go hit the crusher porcupine Around that same window as uh, actually the crushers after go hit Rockwell. Mm-hmm. That sets me up with a pretty big base building to three months later is Lodija. Yeah. Two weeks after Lodija is a 20 hour downhill course <laughs> because on the map, <laughs> which, will, which will seem like a treat after 30 to 36 hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Course records 2156. So what seems do you- manageable? So with all of these, what do you get out of, like when you walk away from something, whether you succeed or fail or you did better than expected or whatever, when you walk away from an event, something like this of this duration or even lesser, what do you walk away with? Like what's yours to take with you? Because we know medals don't matter. We know records are very little importance other than they establish your effort. 
I mean, it's, it's probably too trite and cliche to say inner discovery or finding my limits, though there are pieces of that sort of inter, interwoven into my ambition. Um, the ticking of that mortality clock and my capacity clock gets louder and louder. Get it done because when you're 65, it's not happening as easily. But Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> What? Get your hair, hear, hearing aid back in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. I, I was, <laughs> I missed that. You dozed at, off. At, exactly. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I didn't have narcolepsy until this last birthday. And all of a sudden yeah. it just kicked in. <laughs> it's, I want to get it done and I've screwed up a lot of times, but the 17 years with some varying levels of success still shaped me. And experience is a way of building. I'll go after it. What do I walk away with, win or lose? I want to give it the full dose. Mm-hmm. I want to give my best effort you want for to the duration. Get the full dose. What's that? You want to get the full dose. Well, if you give, you get. Sure, sure. I think, yeah, that sounds exactly right. But I, I mean, want to give it my thing. full effort mm-hmm. to get that full dose. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and to and and I think there's a there's an important thing here, which you know all of us are confronting, and probably everybody listening to this is like, I don't want to look back and wish I'd tried harder. Yeah. Or wish I'd done X. Or you know, it, and it, it's sort of a regret thing, but it's mostly in just like a unfulfilled potential thing it's a mm-hmm. it's a I, I don't want to look back at my life and go man what a lazy piece of shit I was yeah. mm. coulda shoulda my, my capacity at age 28 was undoubtedly higher sure e- even without the base that I've accumulated since but I probably only ever reached 60% of that potential mm-hmm. and maybe now and to part sur- of that was too much talent Maybe that's another yeah, I mean, let's conversation. Not, let's not like, no, for sure. We've got, we've got a bunch of topics that we didn't even touch on. So this is for sure the first of, uh, you know, two, three, four, whatever. Um, Co-host but, Nate Peck. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, potentially we might have to have a series. But, but, but I, th- you know, when we. Um, <laughs> too much talent. You, yeah. But, but and, and not it was necessarily. Too, it was kind of too was easy. It, to, to sort of be one level above the mean yeah right yeah. And, my direct and peers and competitors and exactly i didn't have to push like you didn't have to well yeah and yet and, and again asterisk i didn't have to push towards my potential i pushed to get there because it was not free yeah yes so you didn't have to push but but you didn't have to push further because there was a a social sort of hierarchy and performance hierarchy that got established. And you're like, okay, I'm up here. I'm, up, you know, with the, with the sort of top guys in the context of the things that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Nate Pack goes crit racing. It's a different thing. <laughs> Nate <laughs> Pack goes to the Thursday night time trial. It's a different thing. Yeah. Right. So, so within the context, you know, but, and you didn't have to push because, okay, the, the hierarchy is established, but that's a natural thing for all of us. It's like, oh, I'm the fucking best guy here. Why would I try harder? Yes, I could be better than the the best guy here who was me last year. I could be better than that best guy. But I can't with what's around me. Mm-hmm. Or I don't need to. Mm-hmm. Because we are often searching for, you know, place. Our place in the pack. Mm-hmm. In the 
in this thing. And and if you get there, it's in the big like, big pack, meaning the life in yeah. society in all contexts. Yeah, no, but 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 you know, if, if we were mentally capable of analyzing, you know, our position within the pack in all contexts, we'd just fucking kill ourselves. But um. Because <laughs> because no matter how good I am here, then you know you suck elsewhere. Uh, and, at yeah. least at, at, at you know at best I suck. At you know worst I don't you know register and I shouldn't even be you know using oxygen that other people might need put to better the, use. The, how I take that and and it, it I think that's a nice note. I will have to push harder to reach a higher level of my current potential today. Than I would have had to then push then, but you also couldn't have pushed. But I could then as hard as you can push now. Yes, partially because the build, partially because this the ambitions to finish this out. But honestly, if someone said you're going to be 43 in 2019, you cannot beat Nate Pack of 2008. I say bullshit. I was only pushing to 60% back then. Yeah. My, I, Nate, Nate Pack of 2000, that guy was a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, quote air quotes. <laughs> but I mean, you have to look back you're at exactly it like, that, right. like, like in a way, it's just like, okay, can, and, and, and you are way more able now, 10 years on, to look back and accurately and unsentimentally and ruthlessly assess how you sabotaged yourself in 2008 9 10 11 12 uh, sure right we, right yes yeah hindsight is a valuable cutting instrument if used and, 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 and i mean value it's a sharp cutting instrument for sure valuable or useful when used yeah. you know sort of delicately but yeah. now you can go I, I think you have the capacity of you know or the the, the advantage of obviously more experience um, you know, on every level, but also the, 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 the ability to sort of dissect your, you guys dig that? I see what yeah, you did there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so the ability to dissect, you know, every aspect, because some of the stuff that you've sent me lately is like, okay, this was my training for this year. And this resulted in this time at this particular event and that kind of thing. Like you can dissect it without beating yourself up about it. It happened. It is. It's not a good, it's not better. It's not worse. There's no judgment to go with it. It's just like, okay, this happened. These are the contributing factors. This is what I tried to do about it the following year. This was the result. These are the things that I had actually changed. This one thing, yeah, maybe went a little bit too far here. I didn't push far enough. I had actually mistaken this particular, you know, piece for being more important than it was or less important than I gave it credence for in the follow on. Um, I, I think you're, it, it is the, in a sense, the, you you can now benefit from the wisdom of age and which to to and, and by that I mean maturity um, you can benefit from the wisdom of your maturity of your age and yet and because you've looked after yourself and your training and that sort of thing you still have the ability to improve because athletic longevity is you know it's a, a it's a thing but but you you haven't fucked yourself up or let yourself go so far that you can't use the knowledge you've gained. And I think that is the, what happens with most people Bingo. get to, yeah. get to a point where like, I've got all this experience and this stuff and this information and I can't put it to use yeah. because I, I wrecked I, my body or I'm too I, old, too, too much Cinnabon. 
You know, now I'm carrying now. Now I don't have to lose 40 pounds. I got to lose 80. I got to lose 90. I got to lose 100 because of these bad decisions. I got all this experience, but I, you know, now I got to go on the fucking biggest loser just to like. Now it's only so good I don't to break impress my the waitress at Applebee's with my experience. <laughs> exactly. This is, it's, I'm excited for the path. I mean, the, it, this isn't ending. I'm just saying that I will look at what is in front of me. Yeah. I'll pursue it. And it's cool to me to, to, to realize like, oh, you still have the fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, and maybe, and, and, and probably more, you know, it's not a bonfire now. It seems to be a bit more of a directed C- Cinnabon. torch. Cinnabon fire. <laughs> okay. Yes. We, we'll burn those miles in the bonfire of whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think you're, you, you, I, I think that the, the fire is a bit more precisely targeted or you have the ability to, do that now that you didn't yeah it's it's exciting to me i mean it's and i don't feel burned out (laughs) cinna burned out (laughs) (laughs) we should just get sponsored by cinnabon i I think we're working on it apparently if we just don't don't like if you don't if you say it enough and it goes out on the internet don't they contact you i I think think so no that's or they just send a check that's nando's (laughs) to get a black card from nando's no yeah. They, what, is, what is Nando's? Just, oh, Nando's is this South African chicken place that's wait, in the South UK. Af- is it, it's South African. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's Nando's. Is it good? It's fucking delicious. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> it's amazing. For some reason, I, th- Perry, you, I thought Perry Perry sauce was like a Indian thing. No, it's South African. Yeah. Yeah. Perry Perry. Um, Never been to the UK. The So... If you talk about Nando's... I'd offer to bring you some next time I go, but we're probably not going back to the UK, <laughs> and it probably wouldn't, you know... You can get it in Canada. They have it in Canada. Put it in your carry-on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I... That's, that's been done. Oh, I'm sure it has. A half chicken from, from Nando's has been carried onto a plane. Oh, did you do that? No. <laughs> did you just put it in no, a... Who do you think I am? A plastic <laughs> bag? No, and I can't. I'm hungry. I ate it before I went to a chicken. <laughs> oh. But no, the, but somebody I know has taken a half, literally a half Nando's Perry Perry chicken onto a plane. And I was just like, man, I bet the people you sat to sat with like really fucking liked you. Like the greasiest <laughs> peeling chicken skin. The whole plane probably fucking hot smelled. Hot sauce. Oh, it probably smelled so bad. And then, of course, that guy also loves chicken livers, which they said, these are actually really good, but uh, they have chicken livers in a dish. And you like, those are very specific. <laughs> They're not pleasant to eat in front of other people, but. I re- back to why we talked about Nando's. If you mention them publicly and you're of a certain order celebrity status, they'll send you a black card. Yeah, that was the key. Which means <laughs> I am not uh, of that celebrity. We're missing status. the first part. Which yeah. <laughs> which means you can show up and you can eat there for free as much as you want. Hmm. Which doesn't make any sense because as a celebrity, you have access to funds and other things that would mean you can eat there for basically nothing anyway. I was, this is, <laughs> I'm going to bring this back to the bike because this is kind of a funny uh, uh, realization I had was at, at some point I was like, I should, I, I gotta, I, you know, I ride my bike a lot and you know, I'm this guy and I'm, you know, this and that. And I should, I should, I should contact, you know, try and get a bike sponsor. And then after a while I'm like, no, 
I'm exactly the person who should pay full price. Because <laughs> I'm a recreational cyclist. I'm of a certain age. I can actually probably afford it as long as it's not a ridiculous bike. Why would I... Why would I... I, I can provide basically almost no benefit to the you know the the manufacturer of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking should pay. Here's, it's like this, it's not that I have. Well, how many Instagram followers do you have? Go fuck your. You know, it's not even, like, <laughs> how many Instagram followers me? that I do? How many Instagram followers do I have that could actually buy your product? I don't know three. <laughs> and they all already have it. And they already have it. Because <laughs> they can also already afford, afford it. it. <laughs> exactly. So, like, social inflation. Fucking go die. I, so, Suck start there 45. has been a client of ours that has been offered a Nando's black card. <laughs> they, tur- they turned it down because they wouldn't deliver. <laughs> I don't even want to be seen to encourage your business. You deliver it in the privacy. Yeah, yeah home. They, they're like, well, I can't obviously go into your store and purchase it, an, or and, and then not buy and, and it, then like walk out it. with yeah. free shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I thought, actually, that's probably true. Like, if you're at the level where your celebrity endorses this food and gets them business, you're probably at the same level where people are like, did that guy just come in for free food? Isn't he the guy that did this other thing? And then you're the guy that gets free food from Nando's every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's right next door. It's super convenient. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fucking Nando's. I, I don't know, man. There's a few times when Nando's saved me. Oh, multiple. Just, you were just hungry or there was nothing else available? or uh, Hungry for sure. Were but you on also, a bike? No, oh. that actually could have turned out bad. Because um, <laughs> you go into a Nando's, you leave your bike out front, it gets stolen for sure. Um, <laughs> but no, what, one of the times, for sure a couple, a couple a of times, I've been like super hungry. And one of them was in Vancouver when I, I think oh, I first yeah. discovered it. Yeah. Um, but, th- but the other time was I was in a part of town. <laughs> London town. <laughs> I don't know which end, but east. not the east end. Not the east. Not the east. Because there's affordable food in the east end everywhere. Depends. I was in a part of town where I couldn't fucking afford anything else that was oh. within walking distance uh, yeah. of the okay. hotel they put I, me in. Wait, was it, was it, <laughs> I, I, I'm not full. Is this was a cost? Yes. It's e- just ridiculous. Yeah, East East London uh, food uh, uh, is... No, no, no. Or, sorry, east, West London. West, yeah, yeah. I guess, is... Yeah. Yeah, if you're, I can't remember. If I was you're there. in Kensington and you just want a meal, you're thirty-five to forty pounds for like the most basic, basic. Like, like a salad. Not even that because <laughs> no, no, the condiments that go on the salad. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's Fucked a up. little bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. some ketchup packets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they might give you the ketchup packets. <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. The have, steakhouse yeah. we went to in West London, and it's a, it was a nice steakhouse or whatever. My my steak was three hundred and seventy-five pounds. It was a Wagyu ribeye, and it was only six ounces. <laughs> Were you full? No, I was six. disgusted. Like, too, it was way too, like, the, because the, they serve it with, like, lobster mac and cheese and, like, truffle, and, like, everything is of the same order. There's nothing that cuts the fat. There's no acidity in there. It's not, like, a finely balanced meal that was put together to taste good. It's, like, 
exorbitant. These meat are just things. really, really expensive. Yeah, all of this stuff. But here's the most expensive shit that we could find in the world. <laughs> yeah, and we, we put it together. It all together like, oh, you, you wanted noodles? Those are cheap. Let's put truffles on them. <laughs> gold, <laughs> gold flake. They do. Yeah, that kind of that kind of shit on dessert. But I mean, it was the the first bite was excellent. Don't get me wrong. But after that, I was like, no, I can't even taste it because my mouth is saturated with too much fat. Uh, but that's that's West London food, so I know exactly where. You're... Yeah, so there, and I'm like, Nando's, thank God, I can eat. Yeah, I don't have to like catch a fucking tube or whatever. Yeah, we lived it. in South Kensington, so it was not. There, there's one place. There's a couple places, but fuck my favorite. So on the last two jobs that I did in London, mm. <laughs> um, I was there for 14 months. Whatever. So I stay out by the studio because I can't stand London proper. Mm. So. It's Watford. Yeah. Which is not London. It's near London. It's very different from London. <laughs> it's exactly 45 minutes outside of London. <laughs> Watford. If you're, yeah, if you're taking the fucking train. Express train. Yeah. And you drive, it's a little bit further some days. Mm. Anyway, it's a hundred and hundred some pound cab ride. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, you know, I mean, it's not in the movie business, right? I was fucking rich. I can eat wherever the fuck I want and, like, get the most expensive this and that, right? You know, whatever. That, that's the eat. assumption. That's yeah. the assumption. London right. told you you were wrong. <laughs> well, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> that and the, you know, <clears throat> UK revenue. But um, <laughs> but also, uh, so, so my favorite place to eat, and I would go there often, was a place in Watford called Codland. Which is ostensibly a fish and chip shop. However, it's right near the barbershop I used to go to. And like I could get like when I was on my way back, from, when I was going from the studio to the barn um, that it's, I was looks that like I was it's renting. It's been, been a while since you've been at a barbershop, for the record. Yeah, I can't afford it right now. I'm not working in the movie business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Things like haircuts had to go. Just, just right. had to go. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just down to the basics. You know, I put gas in the car. Uh, yeah, I give up when the haircuts can, way before I give up the Audi S4. <laughs> <Yeah>, sure. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so Codland also had like this amazing sort of lamb mystery meat, like a gyro sort of wrapped. Yeah, like you, know, you could basically get a, a a large version of this thing that would have so much lamb mm-hmm. and. Um, some roasted grilled kind of vegetables thing, sort of Indian flavor. You get some hot sauce with it and some cabbage and stuff. Like, you know, nine pounds. That's pretty good. And and barely able to finish it. Nice. And then if I, then if I was especially hungry for <laughs> one pound 50, I could get like the side of hummus with some like pita stuff. That place fucking kicked ass. Mm. And I would much, uh, honestly... That's just, you go in there and you're like, oh, here's sort of working class. You know, yeah, I'm working on, I'm on a movie job, but my status in the movie business hierarchy is, (laughs) I'm a- Is working class? I'm working class. Hence, I go to the working class (laughs) fucking (laughs) cod land. (laughs) It just sounds like something that's on the corner of the- removed suburb beyond the tracks beyond the tra- yeah like, well watford hey, is kind of beyond the tracks yeah. that's exactly that actually now that i think about it yeah that place that place was so i got i accidentally discovered it i was like yeah. fuck fuck nando's 
God, yeah. <laughs> black card. This place is awesome. Godland card. And by the oh, t- that's what I want. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I don't need it, it would, because it's it affordable. It be dangerous. They could give us one. And we'd be like, fuck, it's going to cost me $1,500 just to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it better fucking be free. It better be. Yeah. <laughs> Do they, they better do they know deliver? who are, <laughs> Salt Lake Uber Eats? <laughs> now, so there, we had one saving grace for uh, for in Batters. We had a chicken place, and the guy at the gym that we were renting owned it, so we would go there pretty much every day. And he made amazing rotisserie chicken, and he had like some fresh vegetables or whatever. And that was we could get away with like twelve or fifteen pounds, but it was a lot of food. Now, that's the only well that and flour to the people. You never went there, did you? I tried to tell everybody about that place. They have. Wait, wait. It's flower wait, to the people. There's a, there's a website called Flower to the People, and it's something wholly different. Probably. It could be. I mean, this these people have a Twitter account. You can go, I follow them because they serve a – it's an omelet with sausage and bacon. And, okay, it's English bacon, so it's not fucking solid. Like, it's – back bacon bullshit but it still tastes good. <laughs> hips lips and ain't i sort of <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> three primary parts <laughs> of the animal <laughs> true but i it's never like... knew the plural of anus until now <laughs> <laughs> all right folks i always thought it was like yeah. highlander there can only be one <laughs> yeah, exactly i didn't know it's like if i ever come across I'm going to do my best to use that all the time now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I just don't want to come across whatever creature it is that has more than one. <laughs> nice. If you do, I think it's over. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the last thing you will ever see in this living world. It's one of those eight. Yeah. So yeah. They, they have this omelet with all this good. It's, it's good. And then they take uh, a waffle. But before they enclose that omelet in a waffle, they caramelize the waffle and maple syrup and then mm. you make a sandwich out of it sounds pretty good it's a fucking awesome <laughs> okay god damn it i was so hungry when i came Fuck here cinnabon this, this, i want to go wherever that is, is. <laughs> totally so that's kind of how even stevens is now because they have like a little rendition of that it's like an egg sandwich but they caramelize the bun and maple syrup first and then eggs and bacon. That's Real why bacon. you're so into that. Yeah, it reminds me of the good old days. And I mean, it's amazing. The the good old days when I had to, like, I don't know, half of my living cost was food. So, Keegan, speaking of... Food? <laughs> food and delicious delights like this. Have you been to the, uh, Bruges yet? Mm, not yet. A little breakfast joint? Can be. <laughs> Can also... Be- be visited at other times of the day. <laughs> From what I've gathered, it sounds like the perfect late night snack. The submarine I sandwich. Don't know how late they're the sub, open. A, I believe it's called the machine, machine gun, gun yeah. sandwich. The submarine sandwich. The I, don't sub- know. I don't know why. I'm just like y'all didn't fare that well when the machine guns <laughs> came out. I don't know why you're like naming a sandwich after that shit. I mean, granted, that was some years ago. They probably forgot. They never forget. It's, it's going around. <laughs> you, you should try it. I haven't had it for a really long time. That's basically. I haven't it. earned it for a really long time, which is why I have. Is that a whole bunch I of fries ever. on it and yeah, sauce frites and, and sausage yeah. and you know whatever. It's sauce. it's decent. Where I mean, is, again, is it, it's is not, it not merguez inside? I thought it was andouille. Okay, if that's how you say it, I, you could, say I don't think it is, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to even try and correct you right now because well, it's say, Saturday. I say croissant, so fuck all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a good post meal for 34, 30 by 12. 
I think Ooh. it does. I Did think we that just could... co- we just we gave the leg blasting workout to six weeks to su- success for Loda Jaw and the the muscle building meal to recover from it. <laughs> we just fucking wrote a men's health article. All no like... no no that's men's fitness. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, health. They, don't, don't they, forget they the, wouldn't do the sandwich part. Don't they forget just, the two years at 20 hours a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> slightly okay. less palatable. Asterisks and <laughs> yeah. then fine print. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two years we at 20 hours a week. We don't want to go into too much detail. No, because they need up like Sears. <laughs> right. <laughs> Closed? <laughs> <Yeah>. Shut down. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, if you can't tolerate it, you know. You're 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 going the way of the buffalo. That's true. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah. We covered a lot, and now we're into the fucking. Now we're so hungry. We're just talking about different foods that we've eaten. So I think we've reached the logical we conclusion. Ha- we have I, learned to pair workouts with food, which could be something that we should make in an app at some point. Just like if Cinnabon. you do this workout, you can now eat this meal. They go well together. They go really well together. Actually, yeah. Or do, I think I, really I don't like know. Did Joe, did Joe bring this up on the podcast? Where huh. because you know he he worked in the restaurant business for a long time. You know, and he, he was like the it. wine steward, yeah. and you know, and he does keep you know a nice wine service around and a white apron just in case you know got to pick up shift something. Um, <laughs> but apparently, he's sent to the wine spectator at some point. Um, you know, a wine pairing for, you know, meals that you might be eating while you're climbing Mount McKinley. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't remember which one went well with the spam. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you're if you're dipping into the spam, that's because you found some cash from the 1950s or something yeah. buried in the snow that melted out. And, you know, and it doesn't matter what wine you got at that. No, point. I would definitely go with a Syrah like, for sure. You want maybe even a blended. I was going to say a blend. For yeah, sure. because it, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's blended meat. Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. Exactly. You exactly. don't really know what's in it. Exactly. Nothing goes better with yeah. blended meat than blended wine. <laughs> you you definitely you definitely don't want a vintage sort because the meat is vintage and you don't want to double down on that. Exactly. Yeah. So you want a new. You might want to like a Beaujolais Nouveau. In fact, you know, something that tastes a little bit like Kool Aid. You know. That's, well, there you have it. Now in the show notes, we will have a pairing of vintage mixed meat. <laughs> Hips, lips, and ain't I? <laughs> okay, so for sure, a Beaujolais Nouveau goes with hips, lips, and ain't I? And that is our knowledge for the day. Thank you. Thanks, Nate. Yep. Thank you, guys. <laughs>